Hello and welcome to Go For Bronze, episode 38. On this week's show, we talk about the calm before the storm, as release dates are moving around with Alan Wake 2 being delayed, and PlayStation announces the price of the PlayStation Portal alongside with two new headsets, and the Gran Turismo movie moves into pole position in the PlayStation Productions race. I am Joel Torres, and as with me always is my co-host, Mark Ace Acevedo. How are you doing today, sir? How are you doing on this lovely Sunday morning? I'm good. I um I was playing Gran Turismo this morning and I Where bought a I bought so for like the Logitech G29 wheel that I have, I bought a shifter yesterday and having like the right setup for wheels is fucking annoying because I couldn't use it anyway. I bought <laughs> it and now I'm glad that I have it, but it's like piece by piece, right? So now I have a better chair to use the wheel, but now the shifter, it's like I can't attach it to the same table that I'm using the wheel on because that, you know, like I'm mean, now that you, we drive real cars, you know that it doesn't mm-hmm. feel right for it to be there. So it'd have to be lower like all high up and shit. Like you're driving like a fucking 18 wheeler. Yeah. Or you're driving like a minivan. Cause I guess minivans yeah. have that too, right? Where it's like in the center console kind of, mm-hmm. um, but that was cool that I got that and Gran Turismo, right? I, part of the reason why I was playing that and we were so excited about it. You mentioning the movie, we saw that and I thought that was really good. I think it's fantastic. I, I My hot take is after watching it is it's the best PlayStation Productions project that's been out so far. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. And I think I mean, I went into it with very low expectations, but was like very impressed. I thought it was. I thought that like production value seemed very high. I was surprised that I didn't feel like any of the special effects looked bad or anything like that. I thought all the races were very good and I thought it did a tasteful job of including of course like things from the game with the movie in a way that doesn't seem like odd or weird i also think that the critique that we've heard online of being like there are too many ads i didn't feel like that was necessarily true yeah i mean outside of like i guess maybe what like you're gonna say it's an ad that every time like the lights beep before the race it sounds just like grand turismo and it doesn't probably sound like that in real life but it's like no that's a cool little touch i mean I was telling actually Pam about this because I was like, yeah, people are saying that this is so ad heavy, but you made a good point about race racing and a lot of European sports, too, because soccer is like this as well with the jersey having a shit ton of ads is that like the the cars are smuttered with ads and it's not just one product. It's rival products. So it's like I don't really understand like that angle. And then also, like they said, the words probably granters on PlayStation maybe like five times in the two hour movie. Like it wasn't like they were saying PlayStation and Gran Turismo all the fucking time. They said GT Academy is saying GT Academy, what the, what they're actually doing considered an ad. I don't know, but I thought it was fantastic. Very tastefully done with the integration from like, what's a part of the game into the movie. And I don't know. I thought it was fantastic. After watching it, I had low expectations, like with every PlayStation productions, like project so far. And I've always been like, Oh, this is really good. Like, I was surprised. But this one I genuinely think is, like, like really solid. Like, it's, I said it was, like, an 8 out of 10. Like, a legitimate yeah. 8 out of 10. Like, I thought it was, like, a great movie. I thought it was really good, too. I think that the when we were finished with the movie, too, we were talking about how kind of the team that's around it that made it, that the director, Neil Blomkamp, I think he's a guy who had, and now maybe still has, a lot of potential, right? He made District 9 mm-hmm. way back when, which was an excellent, fantastic movie. Well worth watching if anyone's interested. It's a sci-fi movie about basically like, dang, I guess it's been a while since I've seen it, but it's about like poverty and different classes and like how aliens integrate into that. Yeah. But it's really good. Really fucking good. And then he made two movies that like weren't maybe so hot, 
but it's good to see that like he still has it. And then even the cast of the movie too. The main kid is pretty good. He was a side character in Midsommar and he's like, I guess a snippet in Bo is Afraid, but he was really good in this. I thought that, you know, Digimon Hansun, really good like father, always a good side character, brings a good amount of intensity. And then I thought David Harbour was solid in it too. I was actually surprised because I thought like he was just going to do like a Hopper impression and there was moments of that, but I think he does a really good like tough dad like love but still mm-hmm. kind of so show sincere love like he plays that role like to a T. Yeah, I think so. I was yeah, I was glad that they were light on the Orlando Bloom usage though. I was good yeah. on him. He he wasn't the best. He looked like an aging Tom Holland if we're going to be honest about it. He looks yeah, he looked like a mixture of Tom Holland and like Neil Druckmann or something. Mhm. Yeah, but, but I uh, thought a lot of things were good about it. I thought like the cast, it was like the Detroit Pistons cast. Uh, the Detroit Pistons I won the championship. No all-stars. All great bunch of role players that came together to make something pretty good. Mm. Like, there's I'll... no standout performance, I feel like. I think everything just like, every, it's like a good, just everything, all the pieces fit together. They seem like they all had like pretty solid chemistry, actually fucked with each other and shit. So I liked it. I think that it's also a really fun, and of course, it's going to be the people who play and enjoy the games are obviously going to get the most out of it. But there were some things that I thought were hilarious for people who play the games. But if you're not somebody who plays the game or necessarily knows a lot about the team or the studio behind it, Polyphony, you might miss some things. Like, there's something that I won't say, but me and Joel were laughing about because in the theater, it's like the way that they set something up, you would never know if you weren't super into the studio and you knew all the people who worked there. But I thought it was good. It was funny. Yeah. And also, I was like, you know, I saw an article this morning because I was like doing a little bit of research for the show. And then I saw I looked up an article being like, so like all the events that they happen in the movie is just like based on a true like based on a true story, obviously. But is it real? Like what's not real? Like, you know, yada, yada, yada. So all the events are real. Now, the timeline in which they all happen is a little accelerated in the movie. But the all this all the events are real. And I don't want to spoil that, because if you don't know, it, then it's like cool shit that happens in the story. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's real life. So you could spoil it for yourself. But. Um, one caveat that I can make that will not spoil it is that actually Jan is from the third GT Academy that was ever held, not the first one. Mm. Yeah, and I, I mean, didn't know. With that too, right in the movie, they based on a true story of a Gran Turismo player getting into the GT Academy and then becoming a racer. In the movie too, they show it as the GT Academy is with Gran Turismo Seven, but it, GT Academy started with Gran Turismo Five. So yeah. I know that they have to do that to try to push like the new game, which makes sense. But but that, if that was kept right, that would have been so awesome for us specifically because we love that game. Yeah, I think so too. And it it did look a little a little bit funny in the fact that when they're showing him playing Gran Turismo Seven to like get through the GT Academy, you're looking at the screen. I'm like, I know the UI doesn't look like this. There's no part of this game that actually looks like that. Yeah. Also, you pointed out the brake assist, which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like, uh, I mean, maybe he plays with that, but there, there were certain things that there's a lot to digest and enjoy, especially if you play the games a lot for like, yeah. I mean, good or bad. Most of them positive, though. Yeah, overall, yeah, I think it was just like a really, really solid movie. And good one track thing I did selection, like, even though it's based tra- on a true story, just good track selection and really good order of the tracks. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think. One thing that I pointed out to you too is like this can't be sequelized, so this is just going to be a nice, 
contained like a Gran Turismo treat. There's not mm-hmm. gonna be fucking. It's not gonna become Fast and the Furious. Yeah, it was good. It was very good. It was much better than I thought it would be. I don't know if. I don't know if they're. Yeah, it, it's also nice that it's not dense or complex. It's just like, yeah, I just had a really good time with it, and like, I'm glad I saw it. And it was better. Yeah. I did finish it thinking like immediately it was way better than Uncharted. Mm-hmm. And I didn't finish the Last of Us show. And I'm not saying that obviously the source material is like better, but I do think from a production standpoint, I thought it was better. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I was I was going through my mind, my mind's eye, as I woke up this morning and thinking like, why do I like Gran Turismo the movie more than The Last of Us? And I think it's because the Gran Turismo movie overall is more additive to the game. And it's also maybe just kind of like the playing field where GT seven is a little bit of a low spot in the series. I think, I think probably what you would think it's the worst one. If you really rank them, right? I think sport is the worst. I think sport is the lowest. You think so? So sport and seven. So the last two GTs have not been, you know, high water marks for the series. Whereas the last of us is still like, you know, regardless of what you think about part two, Story-wise, the game itself is fantastic, and like it's coming off of two fantastic games. There's no way that the like the show is going to meet the standard of the games, but the standard of the GT games is a little bit lower right now. So for mm-hmm. fans' expectations, like the movie just like kind of blew it out the water. And when I finished like watching the movie, I was like, I just want to fucking play GT. Whereas like finishing The Last of Us, I was like, eh, I think the I think the game's still like way better. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with that. I think even talking about GT, it makes me think of just like in my head immediately ranking them, talking about currently being in maybe a low state and thinking it would be so great if they brought some of them back. I know that they probably can't just because of licensing and other things, so they wouldn't probably... Yeah, they probably wouldn't want to do that, but it would be awesome if they did. I mean, thinking about it even quickly, I wonder if you'll agree or disagree. I feel like the order is four is the best, and then I think it would go four five three two six one and then probably i would say seven and then sport in order of like best to worst yeah we're like three through five we're really three through five i think is like the golden that's like the best it's ever been Mm -hmm. and then i think six is where you start to feel a three is apex right three well three there's yeah i mean there's there's like that's the one with the blue cover that's 2001 Mm -hmm. But I think the something that you feel throughout the course of the games, which is even like the strongest in seven, which is something that we complain about, which like I guess in depth right to go into is a lot of times the lack of control or what you're able to do, the way that we talk about the economy feels stressed. You don't feel like you earn a lot of money, so you can't have things you want. Your rewards aren't very good. So you feel very like locked in and not a lot of motivation to play it. I think six is where that kind of started because six was the first one where when you start the game, you're given 30,000 credits, but you're only allowed to buy one car. Every GT before that was like, here's some credits. Maybe you'll find some crazy shit in the used car dealership. That's way better than what you're supposed to have, but it's like a different experience for everyone who played them. But then like six and on was like, no, 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 you're on rails. You're doing exactly what we want you to do. And it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, I agree. And then also, sorry to cut you off. Do you have anything else to say? I was just going to say with GT7 that with GT7, the very first menu book is they're telling you to buy the three starting cars that you have an option from. So it's like, what does it matter which one you buy? You just have to get all three of them right off the rip anyway. Yeah. Another thing that I 
don't like about GT7, which I which I really don't like, and I always didn't like about Forza, is making the races so generic and focused mm-hmm. towards PP as opposed to having like strict parameters like GT5. Like they'll be like, oh, this is the golf, this is the golf racing series, so you have to fucking get a Volkswagen Golf, or you have to get a Japanese sports car, front wheel drive. Uh, but you can't have anyone past 1980 or some shit like that. Like I miss mm-hmm. having those wacky parameters or like having to have a historic car or something like that. Like now it's, it feels like much of like a lot of the races are all like, Oh, just have a car with 700 PP, whatever the fuck you want. You're good. You can detune a crazy car and just win the race easily. And also the AI, like it's not, it's not really well balanced. I feel like the AI mm-hmm. in past GTs was a lot more balanced, but I also think that that came to those difficult races that you would get a shit ton of money. Uh, I forget what those events were called in GT5, like the weekly ones where it's like like one mm-hmm. to three that you get a lot of money. Those races were also very fun because they challenge you. You start at the back of the like of like a twenty car lineup, and then you have to make your way all the way up. And then that was like a good balance of fun. But it's here, it's like you're fucking either playing against Jan himself on the goddamn game, just like whooping your ass, or it's like the easiest NPCs. Mm. I also think it doesn't. They're very boring, kind of in the way they drive, right? They, they're they just very standard. Like, they're always perfectly on the driving line. They don't really mm-hmm. crash. They don't really fuck up. They don't try to hit you. So I feel like also playing against the AI is very boring, where they're very, they're very one-note in what they do. And also, you can just put the difficulty to easy, and there's no difference. Like, you don't get extra payouts if you increase the difficulty like other racing games. So mm-hmm. I don't really know why you would want to play it on a more difficult way and another thing too what you're talking about with like there being very specific events in older Gran Turismo games for example let's say you were doing an FF drive train uh, from like the 90s cars like races well you would complete those and then you would win a car that was from that class that was like a really nice one so you'd yeah. also be incentivized to like do all these different types of races and win a car from each one in a very fun way whereas this game the main like Gran Turismo 7 the main campaign isn't so much complete these races in whatever order you want and get the cars from them you're given menu books to just be like hey collect these cars that we're telling you to get and you can win them from these events but there's no surprise or randomness to it you're just collecting these cars they tell you and then once the menu books are over it's done and you've got to worry about saving money and grinding for the rest of the cars. The thing is, is the menu books end before you get to really high end cars. So they have mm-hmm. you collect and reward you with all of the medium and low tier cars. But once you get to race cars, hyper cars, super cars, they don't give those out, which I feel like it's fine if you give those out. If you're doing really hard races, you can match that. But I it comes off as very stingy again. Also, Gran Turismo 7 and Sport are some of the first to have like microtransactions to the point of where you can buy real money. So that definitely has to play into why they kind of limit your rewards. But it it seems so obvious too, where it's like, you're just not going to give us those cars. Not to mention you can win roulette tickets to spin for prizes and you almost always get the one that's the lowest value. So, you know, if you have five options, maybe 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, and then like two cars, you're going to get the lowest dollar amount every single time. Today I got yeah. lucky, but like it's very rare. Yeah, today you had a nice hurricane, right? Yeah, a Her- race car, but it feels it normally feels very rigged. Yeah, it does, and it sucks because the game is fun as fuck. Like when you're playing, it, you're like, God damn, mm-hmm. like this is really cool. Like you can like you can see it, you can see how like 
it can be viewed as like a sports game because it has like that idea of like daily grinding and like getting better and stuff like that. But even more than most sports games, because we were talking about 2K playing it earlier this year, how that kind of feels mm. more gamey and more rigged than even something as like Gran Turismo, where it's like, oh, this is like real skill. Like you can tangibly get better. And it's like fun to drive fast cars good and like fast. I know that sounds stupid, but it is really mm. fun. Yeah, no, it is. It is fun for sure. And then like even in terms of being limited in your options to the idea that now you can't restart the game because once you start it all the data is just linked to your psn name so if you want to start a new game you just have to make a new account it's it's weird to me too because a you can't restart it and either get new rewards or enjoy that single player experience ever again and on the other side too it's like okay so you're telling me if i want to start a new game i have to also technically play on liz's account you would have to pay though, because it's an online game. Uh-huh. So it's like they want. That's the thing. You have to like play to pay it again, and it's like, why you need did plus I even to play it? I'm pretty sure you do. Damn, that's that's fucked. Always online, and then you force people to play pl- pay for plus. That's kind of fucked. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm almost certain you do. And even if you didn't, I mean, I probably wouldn't want that because anything I'm earning, I would want to use online. Yeah, because I think the most fun parts of it is going into online lobbies and like cruising around with other people or racing with other people. Basically, the Gran Turismo movie was so good that like I want this game to be better than it is, but I know mm-hmm. it, it won't be better. Like, I don't I don't really know what they I don't think it's in a I don't think it's possible for them to improve it. Unless it was just like a whole new ass game. Yeah, or start making all those races crazy payouts. I think that that's an easy way to fix it. Up the payouts. Yeah, and I think also, I think, yeah, I agree. I guess. And the prices are inflated. So that's, uh, okay. I mean, I'm not telling you to change the pricing of the game, but make it easier to get to those prices. Every online race, you finish it. If you fucking, if you get like in the top three, you get like $100,000. And then if you don't, you get 50. Mm, Yeah, no, you get like 10,000 credits max for online. That's what I'm saying. So like that's that's they should they could do stuff like that because that would also just encourage engagement because that was another thing you're talking about where it's like GT seven is the first GT where it's like telling you like don't play me after you complete after you get your daily miles in, just like that's it, you don't have to play me anymore. Yeah, that's true. You get your get your roulette ticket where you're gonna get the lowest prize and then hop off. Because there's not really motivation to keep playing and you're limited in what cars you can purchase day by day too, right? The used car dealership the cars switch out in real calendar days not in game days so mm-hmm. once you see what's in there too there's no reason to like keep racing they can't switch same thing with what's in the legendary car dealership which i mean no one has anyway <laughs> even online we were saying that we don't see people with those cars because they're so expensive and if you do the math the microtransactions 20 dollars will get you 2 million credits and the most expensive cars in the game are 20 million so you'd have to spend 200 dollars to get one of those cars in real life cash which is like fucking insane yeah and what would the utility be anyway there's not events that would use those specific cars so it's like why would you even want them like even if they even if they had this like crazy inflated prices it would still be more fun in the gt style where it's like i actually need that car to complete this event but it's like you don't Mm -hmm. even like, what's the point of getting, like, a fucking Jaguar E-Type or some shit like that? Like, you're going to spend $50 million on that, and then you're not even going to be able to use it. You're going to go online and get waxed because everybody has modern cars. Yeah, it's true. It is really true. Like, what are you going to use that for anyway? And I think that's one of those things, too, where I guess maybe I don't know how difficult it is for them to set up events, but I don't understand how they don't add more events like that. 
why why would it be hard to add events to more racetracks and be like okay now we're gonna add a classic jaguar race whatever like is it difficult to I set guess that's that what up the M- that's what the menus do i guess right they kind of function as that but they think do about sometimes parameters like that they do but think about how many menus you get you don't get that many yeah i think that they should like i tell you every month should be like three to five menus and then mm-hmm. like three three to five cars i agree that would just literally make it kind of evergreen because even if you miss if you don't play for two three months then you have 12 menus to go through that's mm-hmm. that takes you a while yeah i agree i think that would be good but besides gran turismo how are you i'm good i'm chilling you know i had a nice nice deep session with final fantasy 16 i'm definitely nearing the end of that which is nice it's always nice to notch one of these big time games on your belt especially a nice long one probably gonna end up taking me like 65 70 hours to complete it because i love to do all the little side quests and also the hunts and stuff like that so but I'm definitely nearing the end. I only have one uh, story-related trophy left. It says I'm at 87% completion, so I'm ready to wrap that up. But uh, yeah, other than that, I've been just chilling. You know, obviously, same shit with work and working and stuff like that. But playing games and working, baby. 87% completion on, like, the PlayStation home screen or the trophies? Uh, no, PlayStation home screen. Okay, gotcha. Well, what is your... per? Well, so when you finish the game, what will your trophy, like, percentage be? Right now I'm at 42, but mm-hmm. we're doing all the side shit. I'm assuming I'm probably going to end up at like a 60, 70, because I'm assuming the last trophy to beat the game is a gold. That gives you usually a decent amount of percentage. And you're going to go for the platinum or no? Not now, because i just rather play new shit. It would be too time consuming because I have to do a whole other playthrough on the Final Fantasy mode, which mm-hmm. is the hardest difficulty, but there's an item in the game that automatically lets you dodge like everything. That dodge, auto dodges for you, so you just put that on and how hard is the game so, currently? You're playing on like whatever the standard difficulty is. Yeah, it's just it's, so the difficulty is really weird in the beginning. It's like, do you want it to be story based or action based? Mm. I picked action based because obviously that's just like makes it play more like a normal game. I'm not quite sure what story based is, um, but the difficulty, you know, there's parts now, especially with the hunts that I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to like stand. I got to be like paying attention. It's not like mindless. So it's definitely getting up there. I'm not I'm not really dying that much. And you know I'm not the best at video games, so I'm not dying that much. It's, it can't be that hard, but for me it's it's pushing back just enough for me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like as easy as it did in the beginning. In the beginning it did feel like a very easy game. That's good. Yeah. I mean it, it has to scale, but n- not in like a frustrating way. Mhm. Cuz I so, was yeah. I was saying there's a game that I've been playing that I was saying scales in a frustrating way. I've been playing Dead Island 2 recently and I enjoy it a lot. I think it's really pretty. I think that it, when I'm talking about how it scales, right, you're going to start just facing kind of like regular zombies and you're going to get different kinds throughout the course of the game. But what I was saying to Joel is that as you get through the story and you get towards the end, you get into different areas where you're going to have to now fight all the different variants. But some of the mission structures are like, hey, look at this picture and find this area on the map. So it has that structure of going over to a point on your mini map and then it'll fill out, you know, like yellow. So you just have to search around while fighting these like infinitely spawning waves of annoying ass enemies. And there's an enemy from Dead Island 1 called, uh, I think they're called Carvers. And they have like their arms are shaved into bone spears. And they're so fucking frustrating because you can't really knock them down. Like yeah, they if, do a lot of damage. Yeah, if you've played Dead Island or even Dying Light, right? Because they're very similar. You can like just run up, 
fucking drop kick people off of like roofs or like have them knocked down and then step on their heads but the carvers they don't really get like stunned another thing that's really annoying about them is when you damage them a little bit they'll run over to a dead like zombie body and regain health by eating them so if you even have one more enemy other than a carver you might be fighting them and then you'll get distracted and then the carver will go heal and then come back and that shit is so annoying now I don't think it would be as bad if I was playing with friends, but I am playing the game single player, so my ability mm-hmm. to handle those different things is very limited. But I do think the game is really yeah. good. I think it's really pretty, and I think that the length is like perfect. I think to complete everything and get the platinum, it'll probably take me like 35, 40 hours, which I think is like great. Yeah, that's not that's definitely a nice like platinum time and mm-hmm. like completion and like a perfect amount of time to spend with like an open world game, not like once you go over 50 hours that's like where it's like all right is this necessary yeah i agree with that and i'm hoping you know i'll get the platinum for this and then i'll be at if i platinum this i'll be at 95 and i want to get to 100 before the end of the year well you know there's plenty of my name is mayos out there they can definitely help you out i don't think i'll do anything like shady like that i think standard (laughs) respectfully i think i can do five in what we have three months left essentially i think i can hit that yeah, that's definitely attainable. There's a few easy plots out there too. You know, you could do Hogwarts Legacy, which is easy but very time consuming. You know, and there's good games too that are easy plots. And I always have, you Horizon. know, I, my thing too. I feel like what helps me is I always have a ton of games that I'm like chipping away at. So I have a ton of platinums that are all very close. So when mm-hmm. I like have to get another platinum, it's not necessarily like I have to like let me start up a new game and do everything in it. There's probably some game that I could look at and be like, oh, all I need to do is finish the collectibles and pop the platinum. I feel like I have tons of those, which is nice because then it's like I can have a steady stream of them always coming in. Yeah, I have a few games like that, but I feel like when I go so far without playing it, I'm just very much like, ah, well, fuck it. Like Far Cry 6, like I think I have like a few bronze trophies. That's like, that's um, that's really close. And then Tiny Team is the same thing where it's like I have basically all the hard trophies i just like have to beat this like ending thing and it's just i am not like i mean i'm the max level but the level cap went up so i have to like buy the dlc and then increase my level and then that probably be easy to to clean up so i have a few like that but then again i feel like time is so scarce i like i just want to play something new yeah yeah that's fair that's that's definitely fair i think that's why I think that's why a lot of those ones that I'm like, oh, I have them in the backlog to platinum. I want to play new stuff. So when I beat them, I will move on to new stuff. But I also will kind of keep them around, if that makes sense. Like, I'll hop yeah. back into them to clean them up a little bit. But that's not—that's never going to be my main focus. That's why <laughs> I, I don't think a lot of games I play beat and then just do everything for the platinum. It's because I want to beat them and then still be playing current or what's new. But at the same time, like not forgetting them. I don't know. You know, I've talked about it on the show before, but like I have a very, which I guess we'll talk about here soon later because we're going to talk about what we want to plan out for the rest of our year. But I have like a very specific way I think of like how I'm playing and it's been working. I've been like finishing games, hitting credits, hitting platinums. So to me, I'm like, that's working. I feel like a few years ago, I had a dry spell of where I was like, I don't feel like I'm beating anything. Yeah, you got to beat it sometimes, you know? Yeah, sometimes you just got to get yeah, you just got to get it out. I think that I think that I, somebody asked me too if I had a backlog. Like I don't even have a backlog. I don't write things down that way. I think if I had an official backlog, I, like I would never one. play it. Yeah. I have like a mental Rolodex of games that I'm like, eh, I would like to play this if, I, if I'm like if things free up, like maybe I'll go back and play that or 
something that I missed. I was like, because I in my mind, I'm still planning to beat Hogwarts Legacy and Atomic Heart. I don't know when, but I'm mm-hmm. just in the role of decks. So I'm like, I, I want to get back to those games. The same thing with Jedi Survivor, where it's like those were three big games that I were like, you know, ranges of levels excited to play. And I still want to like like none of those games are like awful. So I was like, I, I think those games deserve my time and attention. Yeah, I mean, I think there are games that I want to play. I think I just don't have like an official list. The closest thing I have to that is just I'm like, hey, anything that's on my system, I'm obviously interested in playing. But considering we have like the pretty much maximum storage, like five terabytes on my system, I'll always be swapping stuff. I'll, I'm always downloading some shit. I feel like for me, it's just fun to be downloading a game. And I'll I'm trying always... to get the eight terabytes. You saw the new update lets you put an eight terabyte one in there. I didn't, but I don't like I with the five terabytes. I was like, that's so unnecessary. Do I even need yeah. eight? I mean, maybe. I'm currently at I'm at one point six because mm. I because I only got a one terabyte uh, SSD. So I was thinking about upping it up just to have like just to have like that like definitive like I can literally have like my whole system downloaded. Oh yeah, like have that shit like a PC. Like I just want to have like like oh I have that all right pop right in and then that's it. It's awesome. I normally have like a hundred to hundred and twenty games downloaded at a time, and mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm at like thir- I'm in I'm I max out. Sorry, I mean I max out like at thirty or forty. Mm. I'll normally like delete whatever, and I will look through. I guess like as a form of a backlog, I'll I'll look through them and be like, which one here looks the shittiest, and I'll probably delete mm-hmm. it off and then try to download something better than whatever that one was. So my whatever is downloaded is like to me all games that i'm really interested in playing at some point because then if i'm interested in them it's really easy for me to just hop into them whereas it would be a pain in the ass to have to be like oh i want to play this but then now i have to download it especially with like limited time yeah i want to get to the point where every time i hit download i don't have to see that error you don't have enough storage like and that's Mm -hmm. been happening a little bit now with some of like the bigger games coming out and shit so it's like I want to. I gotta get update the storage. I want to be able to have like everything on here. Yeah. To I mean, yeah. Get. Uh, I would recommend getting those expansions. I think they're really nice, and they help. They help with just well. You don't. Have, I have an external one for PS4 games, and then I also have an internal one for PS5 games. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're good to keep. For me, I like that separation. Mm-hmm. So if I got what if I got that you said there are ones that are now internal how much two terabytes or like five terabytes. So PlayStation five just released an update that you can put an eight terabyte one in there. I'm not quite sure if people are making those, mm-hmm. but the previous record was or the previous like cap was like four terabytes is what you can put in that SSD. Yeah. So the thing is, they're like, really they- fucking expensive too. the more. I mean, naturally, the more storage that you're trying to get, the more expensive it is. But I feel like I think it, though the one terabyte and two terabyte ones are pretty are like pretty like affordable. I mean they're like well yeah. like either just below or just above a hundred dollars. I feel like that's definitely worth it in terms of how much space and just at ease you're getting with. I mean I can't believe PlayStation Five launches six hundred fucking gigs. I think so too. But I'm saying like if you when you go over that like it's a big exponential jump. It's not like one to two terabytes might be like a fifty or a hundred dollar difference, but like two terabytes to four terabytes I think is like a lot bigger of a jump you you playing to play or what come on you gotta pay to play baby yeah i don't yeah I'm, i think i'm good i don't know if i'm gonna need that much i think f- five terabytes is plenty i've also been playing fort solace or fort solace which they shadow dropped during gamescom which mm-hmm. is the game with roger clark who's the voice actor from red dead redemption 2 as 
Arthur Morgan and then also Troy Baker's in it. And they gave a I played the hour long trial with PlayStation Premium. I didn't buy the game. But from what I played, I thought that maybe it makes sense that they shadow dropped it. I thought that it didn't run particularly well. I thought it looked good, but I played it on performance mode first and it was still stuttering. So I put it down to quality mode because I was like, if it's going to stutter, I'd rather just have it look better. So I put it to quality mode and the performance wasn't that much worse. Something that I mentioned to Joel, though, and I was like, I, I mean, I'm sure that there are people that will get probably defensive about this, but I still need to play Red Dead 2 all the way through. And I know that he's fantastic as Arthur Morgan, but I thought his voice work in this new game is not very good. He's got like a terrible no. Irish accent. And Troy Baker is probably a later in the game because I didn't get to hear or see him in this. But I thought it was performance not that great voice acting not that great what i played was kind of you know walking around and then there were some quick time events but the quick time events were not very responsive so it just didn't seem like a very well-made game and then i'm not even gonna lie what i got what wasted most of my time was i was exploring an area and there was a rubik's cube on someone's desk and part of like the mini game was you could solve a rubik's cube have you ever like tried to actually do one what solve a real rubik's cube yeah no yeah, so I, waste, hard as fuck. I took like 35, 40 minutes fucking with it. And I enjoyed it. I had fun. But then I was like, I had way more fun fucking with the Rubik's Cube than playing the game. But did it look really good? Like, you know, was it like, was it like highly detailed? And like, oh, this feels nice. I think visually it was very nice, but it ran very poorly. And there wasn't much going on at all. You're just walking around. All right. So are you going to pull the trigger? Because I know you're playing the trial. Not really, I don't think, because it's 30 bucks, and I think the whole game is like two or three hours, and I haven't heard anything positive. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed the trial, but I don't know if I'm going to buy it. But I I am semi-interested in it just because it's sci-fi, and hopefully it's like an original story. I don't really know what it's about. Yeah, I I have no idea what it's about either. It's kind of desolate, though, right? It's like you're playing, you play as Roger Clark? Yeah, you play as him. Okay. And the, the, I mean, the 30 minute setup was literally just me and another astronaut fixing something. And then uh, you get a distress beacon from Fort Solace and you go check it out. And I walked in there and I was looking through some rooms, but like nothing had started to pick up in those like first 30 to 45 minutes. Hmm. Is it like over to person like uh, Resident Evil kind of? Yeah, third person <laughs> over the shoulder. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like that's something that's going to go on sale. You know, you could probably get that for like 10. I think that I would have no issue paying 30 if there were any like it doesn't seem like any major outlets are reviewing it, which I feel like is kind of strange. I'm kind of surprised by that. Just with the big names in it, you know, yeah. alone, you would think they would show it a little of. Yeah, I think so. But and then, yeah, just the, like smaller YouTubers and stuff like that looking at reviews. It just seems like it's like it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not like the worst thing ever, but I don't think 30, especially if it's. I don't know if it's like two to three hours. I don't really want to pay 30 for it. And it's also just so competitive. Like now, like the gate, like the market for new releases, like you just got to be on your shit. If you're coming out in this gauntlet of games. Yeah. I mean, October will be insane as we'll talk about with like, a uh, just a lot of games. I think that mm-hmm. October, I, I, it would be cool to look at a chart. I wonder what month in history, like even throughout the years has had the most releases. Cause I feel like I feel October, like October is- it's it does a look good really month. ridiculous, yeah. Because there was an October legendary October with like Persona Five, 
Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Mario, Mario Odyssey, mm. Wolfenstein Two. I mean, that was just one iconic one. But um, do you want to get into mapping out the rest of our year? Do you have anything else you have to say? I mean, I've been playing. I already talked about Final Fantasy Sixteen. We played Remnant Two for a little bit too. That was very fun. Still, still kind of just like the same, like just a good game. I would recommend buying it. I would recommend buying it specifically if you have somebody to play with. I think it's very mm. fun playing with you. I don't know how much fun I would have playing by myself, though. Yeah, it's. I would say that is a good multiplayer and a good solo game. I think it's hard. I think playing co-op, it's not as bad, but playing solo, it's very difficult. But I would still recommend just either way. I think it's a really good game. And then I wanted you to mention, because you. I see here that you got Immortals of AVM, so you played it a little bit. And the guy who's like the main voice actor, and that was also in the Gran Turismo movie, which was cool to see. But what did you think of what you played of Immortals? So far, I literally played probably like 30 minutes of it. I don't I've just gotten the ability to like shoot my hands. And then Pam was like, oh, you want to watch something? And I was like, yeah, let's, let's watch a movie because I've been playing games all day. So I didn't want to like, you know, like it's like kind of like, you know, you got to got to put in the love sometimes. Got to, you know, be selfless. So I didn't get to play it that much. But I think that it looked so far. It looks and plays really good. It was like very, very smooth, like. I was like, I went to go check the settings. I was like, did I put this on performance already? Or because I'm like, it looks really good and it's playing really well. I was like, let me make sure I have it on like a, the proper setting. It has no setting options, but it runs at a smooth 60 and it looks great. How's the audio? I heard the audio is weird. Or how was it uh, for you, I, I guess? I didn't notice anything weird with the audio. Now, the writing is very Marvel writing, mm. like where it's like everybody's quippy and like an ass. So that, you know, you could take it or leave it, but that's kind of just, I feel like that's just going to be a reflection for the next few years. A lot of people were probably going to be inspired by that because those were movies that dominated the 2010. So now everything else is going to have that kind of writing specifically in video games. So that's whatever, but I think it's all very well voice acted. I think everybody sounds great. The, you know, mocap, the guy from Grand Turismo looks exactly like himself in that game. So it's fun. I'm I'm gonna be more excited to play more of it because when I want to get into like the big like arenas where you're like fighting a bunch of enemies, it looks like it's gonna be a fun experience. The beginning of it shockingly was like kind of threw me off visually because I was like, oh, this kind of looks like Fallout a little bit with like these abandoned shanties and shit. I was like, I was expecting it to be more like glitzy and glamoury with like magic and stuff like that. But I think you eventually get into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think with I me mean, talking about like Marvel writing and stuff, isn't it also because a lot of the verbiage they use is like either high fantasy, but then it's mixed in with like weird quips? I feel like that's what I've heard, and that's what makes it they kind use, of. They weird. make like modern day references, like they talk like how we talk and use like slang terms that we use, so it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think I haven't noticed anything crazy with like high like weird fantasy words. I think that they substituted that with. This more like kind of down to earth writing, and I'll I'll see how it plays out. I don't think that's necessarily why you would even buy this game or want to play this game. If the if the story was incredible, that'd be like a cherry on top. But I think it's you're gonna want to play it for the gameplay because it seems like it's gonna be fun. I actually haven't really gotten into it too much to make a final verdict on that. Mm. Yeah, it'll be a, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll want to hear that and even maybe try it myself. I feel like I haven't heard that much about it besides reviews. I don't I haven't seen many mm-hmm. people talking about it, so I wonder how it's gonna sell. I feel like it came yeah. out at a kind of tough time. I mean, it came out very close to even like Armored Core 6, and I think Armored Core might do better. Armored Core, yeah, it looks like Armored Core might play better too, but, you know, the front off is definitely a bigger brand, but I think 
I think its original release date of July would have been really good for it. But I think it's also better that it came out like not buggy. And it seems like it's mm. pretty much a polished product. Yeah, it being a polished product is what's important. It makes me think of hearing about people talking about Baldur's Gate 3 and being like, mm-hmm. this needs to, other games need to hold themselves to this standard, which is makes sense to me, but is a weird thing to hear since I've also heard that the f- more you play Baldur's Gate, the more it kind of breaks down and gets buggy, but I didn't see that in any reviews for it. Obviously, naturally reviewed very highly, got tens from places, but I heard that it has part of that, like, you know, when you play a Bethesda game, the further you play it, like, the more it kind of breaks down. Yeah, I think also PC... I think we're going to see more with PS5 because it's a uh, like a standard mm-hmm. PC. Everybody's everybody's working with different shit. So this may just be a game where you need to have top line shit for it to work. Yeah, that's true, too. It's, yeah, I mean, that, I don't I don't actually know, like, what the requirements are. But PC wise, I'm not necessarily the most savvy in it. Exactly. But I think we'll see with PlayStation 5 since there's a standard, see how that plays out. But. Um, I think that, yeah, this just kind of needs to be the standard in general. I was really disappointed with the few games that came out this year. Even Final Fantasy 16, when I first booted it up, it wasn't the smoothest. And with updates, it got like a lot better. And the updates came out significantly quicker than other games. Whereas Jedi Survivor, I didn't end up playing it because it came out. And I was like, oh, this is the frame rate. It's all fucked up. And the performance mode and motion blur, it's just it wasn't running smooth. And then now it's running smooth. And now, but now it's going to be lost because there's a bunch of new shit that's going to come out that I want to play. So mm-hmm. shout out to immortals for coming out, coming out. Correct. Yeah. And then, yeah, you want to map out your must please left for the year. Yeah, we could definitely do that. We can go just month by month. I pulled up a list here that just has video game releases for the month. And I'll just, I'll just shoot them out to you. And you tell me where, you, where you're feeling, where you want to go with them. Um, First one we got is Boulder Gates 3 is coming to PlayStation 5 on September 6th. How do you feel about that? I mean, I'll, I'm interested in playing it, but I don't think that's a must play for me. I think that's a let me see how it is because it's a genre that I've never really played. And I think the UI looks very daunting. So I'm interested mm-hmm. because of people talking about it, but not necessarily because I would have wanted to play it on my own volition anyway. Okay. Okay, that's that's fair. And then the other big games here that I think you would also be interested in is the Crew Motorfest, September fourteenth. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I would play that for sure. You go. You'd play that. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, gonna play get that, that like day one. I think that. I think that I'll play that because I mean I'm I enjoyed the first two a lot. The second one I got the platinum for, and then I think that they're doing a smart thing where they're gonna have like a trial period for the game so i mean Mm -hmm. there's no reason to like not play it you can get like a five hour Mm -hmm. trial to get in the game before you have to buy it which is nice and then if you wanted to too if you play the crew too you can also carry your garage into the new game which i think is a nice feature i don't know if i'm going to do that because i think that a large enjoyment part for racing games is kind of starting out fresh but it's nice that they have those different features in there for it and from what i've heard from the betas that took place at the end of July and throughout kind of the early parts of August, the physics is what has been updated the most, which is good because that would be kind of only place that I would maybe have complaints, especially from the first one, not necessarily the second one. So I think that that is nice too. I think that there are a lot of games that I'll be interested in playing, but like the must plays that just come off that I know I'll, I mean, I'm going to play Mortal Kombat 1. I'm going to play Alan Wake mm-hmm. 2, Spider-Man 2. I'm going to play the Crew Motorfest. And then I think, honestly, I think the rest are all going to be like maybes. Or like hopefully. Spider-Man 2 is a maybe? No, Spider-Man 2 I said would be a must play. 
Oh, okay. I didn't hear you then. I was like, oh, shit. I think, but the thing is, is that I'm probably going to try and or play almost all of these games. But the ones mm-hmm. that I'm like, I know I will finish is going to be probably the crew of Mortal Kombat, Spider-Man, and Alan Wake. Okay. And then um, just I'm just going to mention the ones you didn't mention there. I don't know if you saw this, but Witchfire is getting a PC release. It's getting an early access release. I know mm-hmm. we're not big PC gamers, but I was excited to see that that's still a thing. The early access does scare me, but I am excited for whenever that does come to console because I heard people comparing it a little bit to Bioshock in terms of the way it plays. Yeah, I think that I'm interested in it too. First person shooters that are not the that are not like a claimed standard kind of IPs. I'm normally hesitant on just because I see a lot of pictures of like first person shooters and gameplay that I think looks awesome. But then, yeah, for some reason, I feel like either they don't come out and play the same way that they looked or they just kind of seem to get forgotten in a weird way. Mm-hmm. So like FPS games that are off the norm, I would like to be excited for, but I normally just wait and like see how they turn out because like that game has been in production, I feel like for a while that was announced I f- at least a year or two ago. And then which fire? I think it was announced in 20 is like in the 2010s, actually late 2010s. So then, yeah, so that's like so that was announced yeah. a while ago. And then actually there was one I wasn't even I was going to mention it. And then I took it off of the script. But there was a game called I think Luna I think it's called Luna Abyss, and it's a first-person shooter also that just got announced recently. It looks sick, but part of me knows that those trailers, I'm like, I don't know if it'll even look like that, so I'll just wait. Yeah. The, the you know, the trailers sometimes can be misleading, so definitely got to be on the lookout, especially, with, like you said, first-person shooters, I feel like, are very easy to make look cool, because those games require so much, of, like, it's like a feel thing, like, does it feel good playing it? Yeah, I think so, and you can easily cut it up to, like, maybe there's a one or two combat scenarios that are really good but how's the rest of it yeah that's true that's true um but uh moving on here mark what are you, are you interested at all in the phantom liberty the cyberpunk uh expansion yeah i'm ex- yeah i think i'm excited for it i it i don't count it as a must play because i need i would have to i need to finish the base game oh you didn't beat it i thought you beat uh cyberpunk no i played a ton of it though like okay but you know it's a massive game too all right all right i'm i'm interested to replay i've not replay but actually play for the first time cyberpunk because i know with the update there's a lot of changes just like to the core game in terms like skill tree vehicle combat that are obviously in tandem with the phantom liberty um expansion so that i think that that's cool that they're retroactively making the game better too Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, do you have like a like which like what games that you're like super excited for? Because I think like even without necessarily like looking at like a list, like games that you just know intrinsically, you're like, oh, these are the ones I need to play. Well, I probably want to finish up Final Fantasy 16, then beat Immortals Avium. And then if depending on how Starfield reviews play it, also see if it's playable on the Series S, because if it's not, then I just won't play it. And then if that's not playable then honestly probably buy Baldur's Gate 3 try that out but then yeah September is kind of light for me so you know probably playing one of those big games Starfield or Baldur's Gate and then October is when it starts getting crazy with um you know Alan Wake 2 I'm interested also in the Alone in the the Alone in Dark or Alone in the Dark game with Mm. uh, David Harbour so that one looks fun um then you got uh Alan Wake 2 Spider-Man 2 what else is coming out in October? There's something. Oh, Assassin's Creed Mirage. 
Assassin's Creed Mirage is probably a game that I'll probably end up. I feel like Assassin's Creed Mirage is a game I end up getting in a sale because Ubisoft is quick to put things on sale. It's already at fifty, so it may be like down to like forty or thirty, like on Black Friday, maybe dip my toe in it around then because I don't. I think October is crazy, but then November is kind of just Call of Duty, and then that's kind of you know hit or miss. We're having weird feelings with Call of Duty right now in terms of like what they're offering as a package. So that's a kind of maybe thing but most likely not yeah i mean that well yeah we'll talk about what they unveiled as being the full package for that coming out on november 10th but yeah november it'll slow down and then december at the moment i don't know what if anything is going to be released then i'm sure there's a few like one or two games that i'm forgetting i saw bulletstorm vr is announced to come out in november so that sounds kind of cool but i think september honestly i might try to play like the first alan wake because I never beat that. And then I'm hoping that they put PlayStation 5, like the Spider-Man PlayStation 5 on Plus, so I don't have to buy that. And then if they do do that, then I would probably try to replay that as well. But then I'm all, oh, fuck, I forgot Metal Gear Solid Collections also in October. Yeah, I knew that. I'm not. I'm good. Damn. I'm good. There's yeah, very I'm, minor I'm interest in that. I'm very interested in that, in that just because I never played those games and have access to them i think is very cool and i'm interested i'm interested slightly to see what they do you know i think i saw like a preview this week that they showed a lot of of like what they're doing in terms of including in a package it doesn't seem like the most in terms of making the games modern but you know um it's it's kind of hit or miss where it's like i'd like having the original versions and since they're doing remakes of them i feel like less bad getting this package because it's like i like to have both well, they're like doing we a remake of Delta. But that, chronologically, I guess that that wasn't the first one. So they're just going to, I'm assuming if this if Delta sells well, they're just going to do them in chronological order. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm interested in that when MGS4 gets ported over because they're doing, this is only volume one. So obviously volume two, you're assuming is going to have Metal Gear Solid 4, probably Peacemaker or some shit. So. I would I would like to get into the series. You know, there's been a lot of series series I've retroactively gotten into, like Resident Evil, Yakuza. So if if Metal Gear can be one of those, I definitely wouldn't hate it. Yeah, I think Peace Peace Walker will get added in with that, and then I'll see yeah which one they would do next. I I'm curious how Metal Gear Solid like Delta will be, just in the sense of again, it's like I don't know how the quality of the team that's really making it, and they haven't mm-hmm. showed much except for like foliage. So like I hope it's good. I hope it continues, and I know that they would want to do kind of a similar path of what Capcom has done with Resident Evil, but it's like, can they do it, is what I'm unsure of. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like I'm confident, because when the story's already laid out, then it's like, alright, you just gotta make it fun. And I'm like, you guys can make it. Somebody can make it fun. I feel like making the story is the hard part. Yeah, I guess... I get I yeah I mean I can't think of a I'm trying to think of a remake that like wasn't good but I also can't think of a remake that has been put into like unproven hands we'll see what Silent Hills too yeah that's that's what I'm saying like I don't have any like any of the remakes that I think of were put in the hands of a team that was good so I don't know how it would work otherwise because I would consider Konami's internal team as being unproven so Silent Hill 2, yeah, yeah, we'll see with that too. So I think that's just a new precedent of studios thinking that they can do that just based on the IP. Yeah. But I think, like, again, if you, I feel like if you have the bones, the structure, everything is mainly done, then you kind of have to modernize it. I think that they can do 
do a good job. I'm not saying it's going to be great. Well, I think that there's a special, there's a special finesse, a special sauce, like a Resident Evil two remake has that, like that, that put a lot, that was more than just like, like that was like making a new game. Like they followed like the script, but like that, like they put a lot of love, sweat and tears into that and made it like a really good product. But I think like bare minimum, like you can, you can do a remake pretty solidly. I just thought about Grand Theft Auto. But that wasn't a remake. That was just AI garbage. No, I know. I'm just saying that like that's a new version of a game where they have everything. It should be easy, but it was trash. That's true, but they didn't even they didn't even put any effort at all. Like mm-hmm. Rope Street Games is like an AI factory. If you put real people. Put, let me rephrase. You put real people behind it. I think you can't fuck it up. Now, when you do shit with AI, yeah, you're going to get AI level of work. I think I want it to be good because there's no reason to want any game to be bad. I just think I'm not fully confident that like it just will be. Same yeah, thing with Silent Hill. Fair. Like I hope it's good, but like I, I have I want them to be good, but I have no reason to think that they just innately will be good, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I mean I'm just saying they're innately being good because I want them to be good. So it's like kind of just speaking it out into the world of wanting that to happen. Speaking it into the universe as the kids say. Because, I mean, if it's not good, I'm just, I'm just not going to buy it. It's not like I have my $70 already. So, mm-hmm. obviously, you just wait for reviews. You pray for the best. That's true. But then another game that I forgot is also coming out that, you know, Super Mario RPG is coming out on the Switch in November mm-hmm. 17th. So, that, may, that might be, like, an interesting little treat. I think it really depends on these October games, how much, how long is the length on each of these games, and whether I'll be able to, like, move into like the november december releases because there's a few little things in november december that are interesting like i mentioned the super mario rpg and then also you have a avatar at the beginning of december as well Mm. which is basically like i'm assuming it's far cry with blue people so if i'm not carrying over a bunch of backlog into november and december then i would probably maybe play maybe dip my toes into maybe not super mario but definitely avatar Mm. yeah avatar should be fun that's that's i would think i would slot that for me right under the must plays of like yeah that'll probably be a good time but i don't think i'll feel like i'm missing out if i don't play it yeah i kind of yeah i kind of feel like that too but if it's you know i'm a sucker for anything i'm i'm a sucker for the hype so i'm probably like the worst consumer in terms of like when something gets a good review i'm like all right i want to try it i'll put my double dibble my toes (laughs) I think I'm, I mean, I get it. When there's good reviews, I'm excited too. I think it's just, I think I know, and I think you do too. I think you're aware of it. I don't think it's like you don't know this, but I think I'm just very aware of like if I'm buying it because of reviews or if I'm buying it because I was previously also interested in it. Yeah. Like Immortals doesn't have like the hype behind it, but I was like, I am interested in this. I just need to be told it's not broken. Mm. So I bought it. And yeah. also I like would like to support like the single player kind of style games. So that's why I like even also Alone in the Dark is on sale up into pre-order. It's only like fifty three bucks. You know that's a great deal nowadays with games being seventy. Yeah, I yeah I I don't know like I don't have any feelings about Alone in the Dark. That's one that like I would fully just need to see how it reviews because there's nothing about its marketing or its prologue that has me very interested in it. Not even very, Fair. I mean, you're interested at all. But there's also because it's a specific type of horror that I enjoy. And I think that kind of like older, more haunted, ghostly kind of mansion, um, I like doesn't really do much for me. You love Luigi's Mansion. How dare you? Do I? I don't. Do you? 
You don't? That's actually Luigi's Mansion famously is like I was playing the third one and I was like, this is really great. And then I got like midway through and I was like, yeah, shit's kind of whack. Luigi's Damn. Mansion is fine, but like it doesn't hold I, any special place to me. I never played it, but I remember the GameCube cover case. It was very iconic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good game, but I not like a, not. It doesn't have a special place to me. Yeah, but I mean, we have a lot of shit coming out for those these last three months, and um, specific shit for each of us too. I feel like each of us are getting like our specific niches. Like, I'll be interested to play the crew with you, but that's also like if it plays right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get five hours free, so it's like you'll I'll figure it out in five hours whether I want to continue this or not. But that would definitely be the thing. Is now with the crew replace gt since gt is so not fun i think that the crew will be a i think we'll enjoy it while we're playing it but i think that grand turismo will still be like the background i'll always return to it okay kind of thing okay if if you are playing grand turismo you know what i mean for the online like if you do commit and play the crew then that would probably take that slot as being the main because, you know, we have like a couple of multiplayer games that are like we'll return to because like the homies play it. So if you do yeah. really enjoy the crew, then that would probably slot in. If you don't, then I'll probably play the crew platinum it and then drop it. Hmm. That's okay. pr- like probably like this. I'll do the same thing when Test Drive comes out. Probably play it, platinum it, drop it. And Grand Turismo will just kind of like stay as a constant. Yeah, Test test Drive is scaring me. Test Drive scaring me, you know? I think it'll be good. I think it's taking a while, but I think it'll be good. I I hope so too. But but we but also yeah, have a lot of stuff you. that has been announced and or to just discuss in general because we had Gamescom recently happen. So mm-hmm. getting into just kind of like more of the news section of the show, Tekken Eight was shown with a release date, and so that'll be coming out January twenty sixth, twenty twenty four, which I think is a little early, actually. From what I've heard on people playing it and kind of like closed scenarios, they say that it feels like it needs a little bit more work. But that's something Uh. that is not that's not something that's coming from a how do I say not like from a stability or like actual fidelity of the game. It's more so from a balancing and fighting mechanic. I don't know if you know this, but something that has kind of always been a staple of the Tekken franchise is normally they will create a version of the game to come out in arcades first. And then that version in the arcades will get a ton of feedback and then they'll like kind of edit it. Then they'll release it on consoles. And that's always been a thing for Tekken until now. This will be like the first one that doesn't have that. So basically they'll be putting something out with a bunch of new kind of fighting mechanics that they will have to rebalance and mess with. And even the kind of the creator of the whole series, Harada, has spoken before in interviews about how like he doesn't think the initial version is ever the best version of the game. So I don't know, just interesting for him to say that and to hear that. But then again, I feel like that's kind of a standard thing of games come out and then they change so much over the years. And for a game like that, I think it's fine. Yeah, fighting games, I think, always have tweaks and balances. Mm-hmm. to them throughout their life they're like kind of the original like live service game when you think about it like that where they're ever changing yeah with like you know and stuff like that so i mean it is weird they're straying away from the from the heritage of releasing it out in arcades first but i mean arcades probably just aren't as culturally relevant anymore so it's like we need to make sure it's great for the games and that's where we're going to make our most money is when it first comes out on like a console 
Yeah, and no, I absolutely agree. And I mean, I think it looks good. That trailer was really good during Gamescom. And then we also saw that PlayStation Plus is looking to add Tekken 6 and Soul Calibur Broken Destiny, which I mm-hmm. think are odd choices. I don't know when they're going to add this because this was spotted by... Hmm, where was this spotted by? Where was this spotted by? Who knows? But this is kind of one of those things that, like, I think they saw that these were kind of getting put into the system. It was spotted by Gamatsu, by, like, a classification body who rated these fighters for... So they're rated for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that means that they're definitely probably coming. I think it was the South Korean uh, ratings market, because I feel like they always are the ones that spill the beans on that kind of stuff. That's true. They normally do. I'm interested why they would be why they would be doing Tekken 6 and Soul Calibur, Broken Destiny. I mean, those are, I mean, the only argument could be what they're locked on PlayStation 3. Yeah, I guess so. But if that's the case, would they be, would they be PlayStation 3 streaming? That would be rough if it is PlayStation 3 streaming. I mean, I guess I didn't even think about that angle, but it could be it. I thought it was just going to be like a straight port, like what they did with Red Dead or something. Mm. Yeah, that would, I mean, that would be nice. But I feel like mm-hmm. it's either going to be streaming or there was a PSP version, I think, of these games, and it could be that. But that would be weird to do. Uh, yeah, that's... Hmm. Or who knows? Maybe they're introducing PlayStation 3 games into the classics. Yeah, that maybe. That could be just a good hint. I think that that, that is definitely possible, but I, th- I feel like it'll be streaming. Yeah, so that's definitely a little unfortunate, but... I also we were discussing it's kind of weird that they're picking Tekken Six. It's not necessarily one that I remember having a lot of fanfare. Mm-hmm. Like you were listing out the ones that like you know that are more iconic, and I was like, yeah, I don't, I've never heard really much love for Six. I feel like PS3 in general, like I don't know, like fighting games were kind of a little bit in the lull, and then like I feel like MK MK Nine like kind of kicked it off. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure, and I think that there's just also just a lack of general like PS two i think for sure i think ps2 Mm -hmm. is the thing that's missing the most from that classic catalog and you have a lot of good fighting games on like ps2 if you're thinking about with tekken in general i think your biggest hits would be tekken tag one or two or probably tekken three or yeah i think that like the dark spots and i don't know if it's just me i think like one four five six are the ones Mm -hmm. that are not as loved but I could be wrong. I think Tekken 7 is like their biggest one they've had because I think it's just gone on so long and it's been supported for so long and people have enjoyed it, especially in actual kind of like fighting game community, like tournaments and stuff like that. Evo circuits, the Tekken World Tour, stuff like that. I, I, I enjoy watching those at a competitive level. Yeah. And it seems like they always fighting talk games. about 7 being like surprisingly good. Yeah, I feel like fighting games are kind of like at an all-time high with like popular popularity because of obviously streaming and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. people are just I mean, Evo's always been a big thing, but I think it's only gotten bigger with like the internet. Obviously everybody being more able to like readily available to see it. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, I mean Tekken 8, I'm excited to play it when it comes out. January 26th, right? Is that what you said? Yep, that, 2024. That does seem a little earlier than I th- was thinking it was going to come out, but you know. But it was announced it's ready. It was announced in September of last year. So by that okay, metric, so it's, not, it's not, yeah, it's not too bad. Not, not too bad, then. I mean, I would prefer that, honestly. No, I don't want games to that, but you just get so used to hearing a game, and then five years later it comes out. 
I, yeah, I agree. And I think that with certain games talking about how it's going to come out and then consistently get updated, there are certain games that I think, of course, you want them to be more packaged complete before they're out. But there are certain games where I'm like, I know that you're going to be updating this no matter what. So I'm kind of okay with it. Obviously, mm-hmm. have your complete roster or whatever the case is. I mean, they're going to add more characters anyway. But I think a fighting game, a racing game, those kind of things, I'm like, you can release them and I know you're going to add to them over time. There's never so going to be sports games in general. Yeah, there's never going to be a point where they're just fully complete and then be done. Yeah. So that I yeah. was I was glad to see that. I think talking about what we were mentioning in November, we have Modern Warfare 3, which that got fully revealed and we have mixed feelings about that, right? I'll break it down first into just what they're saying is on offer and then I'll swing it to Joel and he can say how he feels about it. I think we have they talk about campaign so this was all shown kind of in a gameplay reveal trailer. They talk about campaign being open campaign zones where you'll be able to tackle different objectives in your way of choosing, right? So maybe you'll go in silent, maybe you'll go in quiet. They're saying that you can miss or see different story beats depending on the path that you take. However, I want to point out something very clear that during the trailer right off the rip, I was like, that's prison from Verdansk. And very quickly, <laughs> both me and Joel noticed that the campaign looks like it is different pieces of Verdansk cut up. Keeping in line yeah. with that uh, frugal nature of asset usage, the multiplayer offering looks like this year they are going to be doing the full suite of original 2009 Modern Warfare 2 maps remade for the new game. And they said that there will be 16 maps at launch. These are the original MW2 ones, and there will be 12 maps post-launch. Interesting parts about that. I think it's odd that they're doing all of the MW2 maps for quote-unquote MW3 even though we knew that this was supposed to be the second year of support for MW2. And then they did also announce that there will be a zombies mode. However, it is not traditional zombies. It is not round-based zombies. Instead, it is a what they're describing as kind of a mix between like an outbreak and DMZ with zombies, where you're starting in a larger circle with up to 24 players, six-man squads, and you will go in and you will complete different contracts and objectives on your way in so you'll spawn on the outsides of a circle and you'll be moving your way in and there are three tiers of difficulty kind of like low medium and high tier on your way towards the center and there will be it'll be increasingly difficult with different variants of zombies mini bosses objectives and things like that to do and the idea is you go in upgrade as much as you can there will be perks pack a punch that kind of thing but then you need to extract to keep your gear to come back in and do subsequent runs so that's what the zombie offering is for this year. And that is basically like what is going to look like as a whole. For me personally, for $70, I don't. It'll be one of the I think it'll be the most. It'll be the Call of Duty that if I buy, I'll feel the shittiest about. I'll say that Vanguard was <laughs> easy to just dodge. And I didn't buy that one. And then besides that, I think I have bought every other Call of Duty. I didn't buy Infinite Warfare at launch, but I bought it later. But this one. I don't know, like even now, I feel totally fine saying like I enjoy Call of Duty. I know that some people try to act like, ah, yeah, it's fine. But like the game sucks. I like it, but it's hard for me to get behind a Verdansk campaign, Modern Warfare 2 maps as a multiplayer offering and zombies being like a DMZ extraction mode kind of thing. A lot of these things sound like they are free updates, but charging 70. Yeah, and I also just think that it's a, you know, you grow apart from a franchise, and I think that Call of Duty is just kind of veering away from the things that we cherished about it. You know, I also think there's not, there's no like uh, there's no competition. 
like who who do they have to fight for? I mean, it's not like we were talking actually earlier before the show about uh, Battlefield and just saying how like Battlefield, it, while it wasn't ever like winning that race, there was a period of time where people were very dedicated to it and really enjoyed it. But I think Battlefield is like just not even a question of being a competitor at this point. Yeah, that's that's not even yeah, that's not even in the question. Honestly, they're they just kind of fell off. Battlefield One, I think, was a good you know potential starting point to get back into the race, but mm-hmm. then they just quickly quickly fell off fell on their face but with call of duty i just think it's something that's just grown apart you know it's not focusing on the round based zombies the things that we care about you know the campaigns kind of get more and more generic 2019 modern warfare was a change of pace but then this one with like the open world or like semi open world thing i'm like you're just making like warzone like you're just having people that play single player because i think that it's like three different like types of players i don't think a Call of Duty player plays all of them. We're probably like the rare 1% that actually dabbles in all three of like the facets of Call of Duty, but it's for somebody who's only likes the single player campaigns and never really plays Warzone. And then they're like, oh, look, this is kind of fun. This is, it would be new to them, but it's like, there's a, but then also there's Warzone players that don't give a fuck about any of that. Mm-hmm. So we're like in that weird cross section where we're like, what the fuck? This is just being reused assets. This sucks. You gotta, but like the general public will probably enjoy it for being a little bit different. And then the multiplayer maps, it's the multiplayer thing is most difficult because I am a little excited to have all those maps because those maps are fucking awesome. But then it sucks. That I have to pay 70 for them. It feels like those should be with the base game. So it's, you know, it's a double edged sword there with that one specifically. Warzone, I don't know what they're going to do. I hope they make it better, but it's just kind of it's kind of blah right now. Yeah, I agree. And I also think that like the, I, I think conceptually it's not bad. Right, like the idea of oh, hey, we're gonna have these open combat zones. I think the first thing that comes to mind when I think of open combat zones, I think of like, okay, maybe they're gonna do a Hitman style of you have these different levels that there are multiple ways that you can complete them, and there are different action set pieces. But maybe each level is unique in its own. That to me sounds great. The only part of that open combat thing that was worrisome is seeing it and knowing it's for dance, and mm-hmm. also kind of knowing that in the back of my head it's probably going to be relatively closed off and linear what area of Verdansk you're in, and then probably you can complete whatever the objective is in, and yeah, maybe different ways. But I don't know how vast they would be. But I think basically what I'm saying is, is an open combat zone in a new area, I wouldn't know what's possible, so I would be excited to explore that. But if you're telling me I have an open combat zone and I can decide my way through prison... There's very little creativity that's going to go through my head because I'm going to be like, well, from playing Warzone for years, I already know every entry point, exit point of this whole map. So do you know what I mean? There would be very limited creativity or trial and error. I would probably already just instinctually be like, oh, this is probably the best place to go. I need high ground. Let me go to this tower. So I think that would take a lot out of the experience. But I know that they're up against the wall in terms of timing. Not saying it's a good excuse, but the fact that they have all of their kind of support studios always working on the next title at the same time makes it where they don't have enough time to make something maybe brand new or unique, especially considering games just take longer and more now. So, but they're also stretched thin in the sense that like they're trying to do a little too much. Like, I don't think, I almost feel like campaign is unnecessary. And I also feel like a point, a part of me argues that like, I would almost rather they did no campaign and no zombies and the multiplayer offering was better. Because like yeah, the zombies, I'm like, I don't, I don't think 
people are that interested in what they're offering for zombies. And from what I've heard, there are some YouTubers, right, that uh, and streamers and stuff like that that get to go play these games early. And a lot of times what happens is they go and play them behind closed door. They don't get to talk about them for a period of time. But while they're playing them and testing them, there will be people at Activision that will be like, hey, what did you think about this? And give us your honest feedback. From what I've heard, people that have gone to Sledgehammer to play this game early have been like, hey, this zombies mode, while it can be fun, we're worried about longevity. We're worried about people returning to it because I'm going to play it, complete it, and I'm done. There's no infinite rounds. That's another thing, too. In the map, it's a 60-minute like timer. So maximum Ugh. maximum could be 60 minutes. But your your goal is going to be to extract before that because there's a circle closing, which, again, at the core of that's, zombies doesn't make any sense. It's opposite. Yeah, yeah it's zom- the opposite of zombies. Well, yeah, and so th- I think when I think of zombies, right, I think of, and by the way, I'm sure we'll be streaming more of that sometime soon. You can watch that at Gopher Bronze or at the Ace Nighthawk Twitch channel. Links are going to be in the episode notes of the show. But the core thing is when you're playing zombies you're going for high rounds or you're doing easter eggs this will have neither of those right you're go- they're of course going to be like there are easter eggs but there's not going to be some kind of traditional quest or a boss fight to do and it's not going to be infinite mm-hmm. rounds so and the open combat zone too i i think those are kind of unnecessary additions but i think they just have to do it to make it seem like because of course in marketing they're like largest offering ever yeah and i think that the zombies is more of like to feed that narrative of largest offering ever it's like more of a checkbox thing than anything that was put in with like love and care because we were also reminiscing not a lot of people probably even care about this or even remember it but dead ops like that was such a side thing Mm -hmm. that had so much more care and love than like modern day zombies has gotten or even like some of the campaign stuff i mean obviously 2019 was a you know a high point but Cold War, I know you said that that campaign was kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. Vanguard, I heard, was whatever. And Modern Warfare 2 had moments, but it was more closer to whatever than great. Yeah, I agree with that, too. Modern Warfare 2, like, there's a... I think having a basic campaign is not... I would argue having a basic linear campaign is not as bad as, per se, maybe just Verdansk split up. Because even yes. though it's kind of like basic and you're going to go through it and you'll be like, oh, I enjoyed it. And then you might not remember it too much. I don't know if that's necessarily the worst thing. Sometimes it's fun to just like watch a movie or something or play a game. Be like, that was a good mm-hmm. time. It doesn't have to be the best thing ever. But it being a original or something that and by original, obviously, I mean, like you don't know what the next level is going to be. I'm not saying that Call of Duty is going to completely shock you in its story. <laughs> But my point is, it's like, hey, when I'm playing Modern Warfare 2's campaign, when I get to the level when you're driving vehicles and hopping in between them, this is cool. I don't remember a mm. Call of Duty mission that did that before. So that was unique. Yeah. Or going through, you know, like when you're in Mexico and you're sneaking through a mansion. That's cool. I don't know a mission that I've done that before. I think that that will be sorely missed when you're, if this is how it looks, when you're playing this campaign, you're like, okay, cool. I completed prison. Now I'm going to go to stadium okay, I did stadium. Now I'm going to go here. Like, I don't think I would even finish the campaign. I would probably play also, a mission or two and that'd be good. Yeah. And also there's no mentioning of like Warzone updates. There isn't. I think that right now the, the held opinion, That's a little concerning to me. I don't know I how mean, you feel about it. I think that Los Almas will be the new map for this year, but I don't mm-hmm. know of anything else besides that. And I don't, I think that they don't want to talk about that with the base game. Because I think they'll want to release Modern Warfare 3 and then they'll probably want to release the new Warzone map like four or five months after. Yeah, you're right, because they don't want to talk about that because that's a free component of it. You don't have to pay for that. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't think they want to mix that messaging. Yeah, but I mean, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people that don't understand that, like that buy Call of Duty because they want to play Warzone, but don't understand they can play it for free. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, we'll we'll see when it comes out. It's uh, this I don't know. I feel like this is honestly a fifty-fifty year going into it of whether we're actually going to get it or not. I agree. Or will we still play all the free stuff? Yeah, sure. But like, will we buy the yeah. game? I'm not sure. I'm willing to bet. If I had to guess, and I don't know if this is I, this is me being negative, but I do think this is probably how it'll play out. I think we'll play Warzone. We'll get fucking smacked by whoever's using the new guns, and then we'll be like, oh, we need those guns, and then we'll probably buy the game. Yeah. That's what I think will happen. Now, if you want to try the game, Activision has also announced that you'll be able to sample Modern Warfare 3's multiplayer offering prior to release. So... This will be, there are going to be a different kind of like weekends that you can play. So there will be one that'll be from October 6th until October 10th. That'll be starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And the first beta weekend will be available exclusively on PS4 and PS5. Those who have pre-ordered the game will receive two days early access from launch. And other play... Okay, so... People who pre-order the game will get it from October 6th to the 10th. People who have not pre-ordered the game will get it from October 8th to the 10th. Okay. Damn, so like September, you're already playing it? October. Oh, October. Yeah, October. Okay. And then November will be when it releases. And then the second beta okay. weekend will be for all platforms and will support crossplay. That'll start on Thursday, October 12th, and will run until October 16th. Yeah, so we'll play it. and. Damn, so that's going to be real. See, that's... Yeah, the timing. See, that's, the, that's hard. The timing is tough. Because you're going to be... No, because the timing is tough, but then also you're going to be playing Modern Warfare 2 maps that you're going to be nostalgic and feeling good about. Probably. You know? Like, I feel like it's yeah. going to make me... It's going to make me be like, oh, fuck, maybe I do want to buy this, you know? I'm playing Favilla, playing Terminal, playing fucking Afghan. You're having a good fucking time. I think we probably will buy it. I think the reason why I'm saying, like, all, oh, like, really not feeling good about it is it is the... But it's the best uh it's the best like version of something that we should have got all that stuff anyway but we're gonna pay for it yeah like those yeah, modern warfare sucks. 2 maps should have been added to modern warfare 2 i would honestly prefer them than the fucking maps they have in that game yeah that's true too but then i guess at that point <laughs> then it's like good that they would just be doing those ones but yeah we're gonna play it we're gonna enjoy it will we buy it maybe i don't know we'll see i'm sure we'll have a lot of fun with those betas i think that those betas arguably is when we would play multiplayer the most anyway. And then maybe like mm-hmm. the first month that the game is out and then we would probably stick to Warzone. Yeah, but I mean, sometimes the multiplayer is good enough that I play it on my own. Like 2019 Modern Warfare, it was so good that I played it by myself. Like I enjoyed that game that much. Yeah, that game was really, really good. Well, and we'll see too with some of the changes that happened in Modern Warfare 2, basically kind of similar how with Warzone, a lot of things were reverted are going to be happening with modern warfare 3 speed is going to go up a little bit you'll be able to reload cancel slide cancel the base health is going to be upped too so ttk in theory should be slower so they're they're doing a lot of things that i think people have been asking for for a whole year so now you have to pay 70 for it but the, yeah that's <laughs> true but and then also those quality of life things will make it seem really good even though they're like things we had mm-hmm. in a sense it's almost like they just took away things that they knew we enjoyed just to give them back to us they know what they're doing. They're they do know what they're us, doing. You know? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's working. It's going to chart. It's going to chart high, too. I don't think it's going to chart like fucking MW2 will, but it'll chart well. I mean, it'd probably be the, end up being the best-selling game this year. That's true. Yeah. 
I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think that's true too. It would be awesome though if it wasn't. If it wasn't, I would assume the next best selling game is probably Hogwarts. I would think Spider Man. I would hope Spider Man. But I think maybe you're right. Maybe Hogwarts so will Spider-Man sell more. Spider Man is locked to one console. That's the only reason that's I would true. give it to Hogwarts. That is a good point. Yeah, I guess we're, but, uh, yeah, we'll find out. And so. Other things that we've got, we've talked about with October, Alan Wake 2, the release date has been pushed back. So that'll now be coming out on October 27th. So that'll be coming out right at the Mm -hmm. end of the month. They did show a trailer for that at Gamescom, and that showed a spliced in kind of like using live action with the gameplay, showing what Alan Wake's sections will look like. I thought the trailer looked awesome. I think that it'll just be a really good, really fun game. I'm curious how well it will do as you know i don't know i don't know how i like i don't know what strength the name alan wake actually brings i know that we talk about and obviously things that we listen to are all people that are really hardcore into it but i don't know anyone outside of that that's like really interested in that yeah i think unfortunately i see this game probably maxing out at maybe like one two million sales Mm -hmm. but the thing is I can see that, but I can also see it not hitting that just because it is releasing into a gauntlet. Like a lot of people are going to already have spent their money. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have your Assassin's Creed folk that already bought that, and then you're going to have your Spider-Man Two people. But I guess you know Xbox PC players, they'll be done with Starfield and you know uh, Starfield and Baldur's Gate by then. So maybe they want to play Alan Wake too. So it's a uh, it's interesting to see how it's going to do. It's also like interesting how they openly were like, yeah, we want to get out of the way of Spider-Man. That's always not. Not that you don't want to, you want to have confidence and you don't also want to make dumb business decisions, but the way they were so open about it was like, come on, have a little bit of confidence in the game. Like, it makes sense what you're doing, but like, you're almost like discrediting it Hmm. in a sense. I don't, hmm. I I think I understand where you're coming from, but I don't see it. Presented a little bit differently. I I think it's a smart move, but presented differently. I agree with that. I don't think it shows necessarily lack of confidence in the game's quality. But I think it definitely points to like we can't compete with that other game. It makes me think of like back when they should have moved Titanfall. Mm-hmm. They should have moved Titanfall, but I if they did, I don't think they would have moved it because they didn't think it was a good game. But you would move it because you're like you just shouldn't have two things compete so closely, especially from the same publisher, EA with fucking Battlefield, Titanfall, mm-hmm. and then Call of Duty, all like within like two weeks of each other. Agreed. And I think it's smart to move it back too, because if it's going to be a little bit more of a horror focused title, then it's going to be closer to it's going to be closer to Halloween. Halloween anyway. Yeah, that's true. I, I I agree with the move. I just didn't like the way it was presented. It was a little bit like a dog wagging its tail, like between its legs, and being like, "I'm sorry, we can't compete." Mm. Yeah, that's fair. There's, I feel like, yeah, you don't want that energy. You want them to be confident about it. And I want, and I want them to sell well. I want Remedy to to be a strong, proper, proper, prop prosperous studio my bad mm-hmm. i think i'm an issue there i think what helps them is critically they always do well mm-hmm. like even if it doesn't sell the best it will review well i have no doubt about that mm-hmm. definitely and then kind of talking more about like horror type of things we were talking about the last of us last episode talking about the halloween horror nights house that they're gonna have and the showrunner for the show has been talking a lot he's been saying <laughs> which i don't really know too much yeah he's been talking a lot so basically There's two things to dissect. These are both coming in passing in interviews, but again, still interesting to talk about nonetheless. 
First, he was he said that he thinks four seasons seems like a good number. Now, we know that we have the original season, which goes with the first game. And we also know that the part two for the game will be split into two seasons. So assuming that that's three seasons, he is saying that four seasons sounds good, which I don't know what that fourth season would be. I don't know if that would coincide with the third game, which I would assume it would, or if they would just try to continue this anyway on its own as a kind of separate thing. But the other thing to add into that was also that he was saying that basically spinoffs are like not out of the question. Yeah, he he was giving us a lot there. The four seasons, I mean, I think you could break down The Last of Us Part 2 possibly into three seasons worth of content. Mm. I know everybody assumed it was just going to be two because he did initially say multiple seasons, but you can see it being broken down into three with how dense and long the game is and maybe explore different avenues like the first season did with like different aspects of the world with the game than the game did. So maybe get a little bit more on the Seraphites. That'd be kind of cool. They can flush that out and also like visually how they're going to make their like costuming and all that stuff. That could be a fun aspect of it. But the, the spinoffs is where it is concerning because mm. it's because now you're adding to a world. I mean, you're already adding to a world by changing things, but you're like now adding like more to a world that you're not even following like a blueprint anymore. And it's like once it's leaving, like once it leaves your hands, like it's like Neil Druckmann is no longer like even a creative mind mm-hmm. of Last of Us. But you were also saying this is making a very clear delineation between game world and, and TV world, which I think the TV show did instantly with like changing how you get infected. So it's just it's not good or bad news. It's just news. I feel very much like kind of like, huh. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I think that I fully agree that it's not really good or bad. I think I would want to hear more from PlayStation before I had feelings about it in the sense that I'm just like, what Mm -hmm. is it? If Naughty Dog is doing a which I'm sure they are going to do a part three, but if they're doing a part three that is going to turn into being their current project, even if it's, of course, since it's four seasons, that would be a long time away anyway. But if we get a part three before that would come, then I think I would feel a little bit more a little bit more confident in that, okay, they're still going to follow the guidelines of what the original creative mind wants to see versus if we don't know what Naughty Dog is doing and this show is full steam ahead. Yeah, and another concern I have is I don't want the show in in like infecting the game. Yes. Like I don't want the show's success to now change things that Neil wants to do in part three. I agree. That's another concern I have. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm like, I would. Because yeah. what happened fucking gr- of uh, the showrunners like, oh, do this because I want to do this in the show. Mm-hmm. Like some shit like that can happen. Yeah, I wonder because I mean, it, it, yeah. I think that it's those things that would be it's those conversations that would be interesting to hear but no one will ever be allowed to hear of just like Mm -hmm. what decisions are made and who is saying it is or isn't okay but I agree with that and hope that because of the timeline that if they're going to do a part three they just get that kind of on the way so they don't have to worry about the show just immediately taking over in terms of timeline but I think we just I mean we need to hear from Sony in general so that I feel like if we get a showcase it'll be in November yeah, it's going to be after Spider-Man. So, and then November is a perfect spot because Keeley is the seventh. That's in December. December seventh. Yeah, yeah. So you have a you know November is a nice opening. Mm-hmm. They could definitely do it in November. It's a little bit of a quieter month too. You know, just really only Call of Duty is like the real big big hitter in November. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. I don't. 
think they can do it after the VGAs. Mm-mm. But the, I feel like they can also do it in September. Like, well, I don't I hate that Sony's like, we have to wait for the game to come out to then talk about other games. Like, people are, know that you're making more games than Spider-Man 2. Like, it's not that big. Like, announcing or doing, like, a 10-minute Wolverine gameplay trailer is not going to take away from Spider-Man 2 sales. Or announcing Ghosts of Tsushima 2 or Ghost of whatever the fuck they're going to call the island. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that stuff doesn't take away from it. If anything, it makes more people interested in the series, in the consoles, in, like, the, you know, the family see, fi- figuring out what's going to be actually on playable on their console. Cause I don't know if you saw, they reported that sales were like a little softer than they expected. That's why they've been doing all these sales. And it's like, well, yeah, you're not telling people what's coming. They're not excited to buy it. Cause they don't know what they're going to get. They shaved even more off of the Europe sales too. Yeah. Yeah. It's like almost a hundred bucks, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. A hundred pounds. But yeah, also because they want to get rid of those because we know that there is probably going to be a new skew of the PlayStation 5 console. So it also makes sense mm-hmm. that they want to clear out some of their inventory to make way for that because once a new version is going to come, I don't, nobody's going to want to buy the older versions of it. So I agree. I think that I understand the idea that we definitely live in a in a time where capturing people's attention in the moment is so important in terms of having everyone doing the same thing at the same time which i think can be really frustrating or annoying just in terms of like you know you go on social media and everyone's talking about the same one thing for games something that i think is a little odd is i would understand it if it was all closer to when it's going to come out for example right like i would understand if you want to be crazy and get everyone really excited the same month something is going to come out but i don't understand being like we can't or like you're saying we can't talk about these games that are kind of come out in years because spider-man is going to come out but it's like everyone knows spider-man is coming out that's not like a new thing that everyone is talking about the people that are excited about that are probably already excited about that and unless they just like really ramp up marketing like the month before which we did hear that that is what was supposed to happen is like Mm -hmm. late august so we'll see so yeah we will see but I think that, yeah, a new showcase could could be needed. And I think it would be okay to be like, hey, there's more than one thing happening. You know, another thing, too, is I think maybe they are waiting for a game to come out, but it's not Spider-Man 2. I think they're waiting to see how people react to Starfield. Mm. I think that that's really going to be like a determining factor. They're going to be like, all right, so how is this? How is this going to react when it hits the Internet? How is it re- going to react when it hits the wild? Like. Is this game going to take off? Is it going to be a game that, you know, is going to be like, like Boulder's Gate 3, like took over the gaming space for like a solid two weeks. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what everybody was interested in. Like, is Starfield going to do that? I think that that's what Sony's kind of waiting on. And also like, you know, Phil Spencer's talking a big game. He's saying that Starfield's the first of a, re- a relay race, a relay race, like the first baton that's being passed mm-hmm. is from Starfield. So. That's kind of, you know, it's basically saying he's off to the races. They're they're ready to take over. And I think that this is a this is definitely a pivotal point in the console war, quote unquote. I, it's not really like a war, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the battle. It's not we're obviously not like picking sides. We have we have both. Well, I have both. Mark is interested in getting the Xbox. He just they need, he just needs there to have good games, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like it's it's a very pivotal time. You know, Sony's being quiet. I think that they can definitely react to Starfield's success with a like, you know, a classic showcase, but if Starfield doesn't perform, I think they won't have to bring that out. Yeah, that's true. I also think there is a 
You know how a lot of times we will see metrics that just are kind of irrelevant? Like even when we talked about Twisted Metal coming out, it was the most binged comedy release on Peacock. Okay, well, that's a cool statistic, but like, I don't know what it's really going against, you know, to give that credibility Mm -hmm. or for that to make sense or have impact. The reason why I bring this up is because when we talk about what everyone is talking about on the internet, talking about Baldur's Gate for two weeks, two weeks, and then seeing how Starfield is going to do, I think that when a game comes out and does fantastic and everyone is talking about it, yes, it means a lot. But I also argue that it would mean more if we were putting things against each other. But things are sterile in a way where everything moves out of the way. So it's like when Starfield comes out, everyone is going to be talking about that. But there also will be nothing else coming out that week. So that's the only thing people would be talking about anyway, if that makes sense. Yeah. And also another thing, too, is that it's starfield they're gonna you know what xbox is gonna talk about they're not gonna talk about sales they're gonna talk about player count mm-hmm. yeah and starfield and uh, Baldur's gate i think they're estimating sold five to six million copies mm-hmm. in august when it came out like that's tangible that's real monies that are coming in that's real like people putting their 70 dollars down saying i want to i fuck with this i want to play this mm-hmm. i'm interested in this whereas starfield can have 10 million players but 500,000 copies are sold. Yeah, because it can just have a ton of people playing on Game Pass. Yeah, so it's a very, you know, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. It's very much dependent on how it hits the, how it hits in terms of like the internet culture. Like, is it going to become a thing? Yeah. Because Xbox relies on that more than any other publisher because they're not selling their games. And I, because some games sell well and nobody gives a fuck. Like, it's not that big of a deal, but like, you know, NBA 2K is always going to sell well, but it's not having like memes and shit like that about mm. it. NFL, same thing. So they it's they're very much relying on the hype. And I think longevity will really matter because mm-hmm. I think of games that made a huge impact and also still stick around. I think of like Elden Ring is like an easy, massive, incredible game, but also people I still regularly see clips about it, people playing it, whatever. Thinking about things Skyrim. that come at Skyrim, things that come and go. I mean, I even think of Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, it was massive, mm-hmm. but like I don't hear nearly as much about it right now as I did like the week it came out. But when Breath of the Wild came yeah. out, I felt like that stuck around for a lot longer. So I think just because mm-hmm. something pops a lot for one week, I think a better metric is seeing how it lasts over time. And with Starfield, I think it'll be... I think is Starfield still relevant in October is well, I think will be a testament to how good it actually is. Because in September, it's not going against anything that would really compete with it. You're going against what Mortal Kombat, the crew. These are not like story based games. These are different audiences. Exactly. Those are all three different audiences. So I think if Starfield is still like huge in October and like people are just sucked into that, then it'll be like, okay, this is this like this shit means business. Yeah. And I mean, there's no way that this can happen. But what happens, whatever, what happens if, if this does happen? I don't like again, I don't think this will happen. But what happens if there's more copies of Spider-Man 2 sold than Starfield players? Like what happens mm. if Xbox is like, oh, we have 10 million players and start and Sony's like, we sold 10 million copies, even if they're the same. I feel like it's possible. You know how optically that look that looks bad for Starfield. Of course. And Xbox, like because that's 10 million sold. They're talking about 10 million people that just started the game. You know, they're counting. Mm. They're not even counting motherfuckers that earned an achievement. They're used to you turn it on. They're like, oh, that's a player. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that's when they that's when the PlayStation showcase ends with Starfield coming to PlayStation. Oh, my God. 
I would. I really wish this game was coming to fucking PlayStation. Yeah, so also, do it would I. be so smart for Xbox. They would make so much money off of they it. They would. They would make so much money off of PlayStation. I agree. I yeah, I totally agree. They would. It would sell five million copies easy on PlayStation. Mm, I think so. Absolutely. It has no chance of doing that the way it's being released right now. Yeah, I fully agree. I'm interested to see how it does. I don't. I don't know. I feel weird about it currently. Yeah, I'm excited. It's it is exciting just because Bethesda. It's been a while a since mm-hmm. they released a game, and their last game wasn't like it wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It was just a slight disappointment. Eight but, years, you know. There's there, eight years. They usually do take a, their sweet time, but it's felt specifically very long because Fallout Four was like the beginning of PS4, and now it's like we're like almost like mid PS5. And it is the longest they've taken. Skyrim mm-hmm. to Fallout Four was four years. And then, and then before that, it was, like, to it was like two to three years. Yeah, because it was 20, 2007 was Fallout 3 yep. on Xbox, and then it came on PlayStation 2008, but then Skyrim was on both in 2011. Yep. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's been the longest time. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of hype, actually, but a lot. I got a lot of hype for me and anticipation for me. I'm very excited to see what it is and what it becomes. And also another issue that we didn't that I didn't mention is that there's more Series S's than Series X's out in the wild. Mm-hmm. So if this game doesn't run right on the Series S, that's a it's a big fuck up for Xbox. Yeah, and they're of course talking about that as being a super high priority and how. They don't think the Series S mm-hmm. is going to go away. So they, yeah, I agree. They have to make it run on that because that's where a lot of your install base is because it's cheaper and you're telling them that it's going to run the same. Yeah. And I think, sorry to go on a tangent. Oh, no, go but, ahead. Uh, hey, go, go on as much as you want. I think I think Starfield is a point of huge conversation with nearly limitless things to talk about. I think it is one of the games where there is a mix of excitement for it, but also literally from a historic standpoint of like how important do we think it'll be based on this studio that it's behind and the first precedent of a console manufacturer purchasing something that should be this important. Yeah, whatever you got. I've opened a discussion and it's right around the corner. Yeah, but this is, I was going to talk more about Xbox in general with the Series S system Mm -hmm. and the fact that like their philosophy is so different from PlayStation. They made this cheaper entry point and they thought that that would be a good way of proliferating the system and like getting more Game Pass subscribers. But then I was also thinking about it. I was like, maybe they're learning from Nintendo where they're learning that power is not everything. Mm. Great games are truly what sell units and sell copies of games because, you know, fucking PlayStation, uh, Nintendo Switch can't even run the Metal Gear games at 60 frames. Mm. <laughs> it runs them at 30 but it probably it might rival the PlayStation and the most copies being sold on the Switch. So maybe Xbox is learning from that avenue where they're like, we had the strongest console with the One X last generation, and that didn't do shit for us. That was what the generation we got clobbered the hardest. Mm-hmm. And while PlayStation is going more boutique, going more expensive, even with VR two, even though it's you know reasonably priced for a VR headset, you know that's a six hundred dollar product that they just released, and you know it didn't sell well regardless, whatever. But they're going towards more a boutique, highest end, best looking. The SSD mm-hmm. it's all that people have been talking about this generation and how it helps with game like making games run smoother and better. And then they're going to do the you know the PS five mid gen refresh, the PS five Pro, and where Xbox has been standing strong and being like we're not doing no mid generations everything is going to come to series s well we're seeing concessions happen now with baldur's gate is coming to 
um, Xbox, but the split screen mode is not available on Series S, which I think eventually they're going to have to do. But I think that they're I I think it's interesting to see Microsoft's game plan. Like, what are they how they're going to go forward? They're competing with Sony, but they're going about it in a very different way, which is interesting. I agree. Also talking about just when you mentioned mid mid uh, kind of generation refreshes, I don't know if you saw this, but Xbox, they also did come out and say that, hey, basically don't expect any price cuts for our Series S or X over the course of their that. life cycle. Not that that has like a massive impact, but just to come out and say that, I think it's, I don't know. Like what, basically what I'm saying is what is the point in saying that? If you thought that people were waiting for a price cut, I don't think that telling them that that won't happen is going to help you. And it's also bullshit because the series S's and X's have been discounted way before PlayStation. Like you've, there's been chances, there's been opportunities where you can get a series S for like two fifty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think that goes to just the general talking about how maybe they don't need power and they can come from maybe a more Nintendo approach. I definitely think there's a lot to that potentially if their management could be a little bit more aligned. I think their biggest thing Mm -hmm. is it's hard to know what they want to do because if they want to focus on just like high quality games, but maybe not have it be the strongest or most powerful, then they would probably have to go more in the direction of like a hi-fi rush style game, not Forza Motorsport, which is going to try to be like the best fucking looking car game. That's not going to help a series. So it's confusing, like what they want to do. Yeah, and I think that's been like the issue with Xbox mm. and they're hopefully ironing it out and get a clear voice. I am like again, the Starfield is exciting. It's like the beginning. This is like really a beginning of a new dawn. Like this is now Xbox finally throwing a punch back at PlayStation that carries some weight and can do some damage as opposed to they've been throwing out Hi-Fi Rush, they've been throwing out Halo and Gears and that shit's all been not that Hi-Fi Rush was a miss, but you know, it wasn't that's not the type of game that's going to change it person's mind and purchasing a system or not i also want to know this relay race he's talking about what what's uh, what is the punch after this one in my mind they, i mean i think he's they've got start he's talking about like fable Vile. yeah i guess so hell um what's the one with the deaf girl that you liked hellblade 2 oh yeah yeah that one was very good yeah, yeah 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 so she so they have those few games they and then um uh, what, what? There's another game, the fucking Bioshock looking game. I didn't actually Clockwork Re- Revolution. I haven't seen the trailer for that, but I yeah, that's true that those do exist. But in my mind, Starfield is like what they have, and then after that, they have Forza, Fable. I'm like whatever, shrug, Avowed maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then Hellblade. I don't know when that's gonna come out, but I'm like that'll. I feel like that'll come to PlayStation. Yeah. So. That, I think that that's what he was mentioning, mm-hmm. and it probably is a little bit more, maybe some new Halo or Gear shit. So, and then also Perfect Dark. Whenever Crystal Dynamics is done making that game for them, yeah, whenever <laughs> the initiative, because that's supposed to have multiple teams mm-hmm. on it. From the first Quadruple I studio, Qu- is it I or A? Or quadruple, no, Quadruple A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing the indie thing. Quadruple A. Yeah, yeah. First yeah. Quadruple A game. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what they have on offer i mean they basically talked about everything that they would have with the showcase which is kind of what people are saying hopefully sony's strength in the last showcase being a little bit weak is that they can still come out now after starfield comes out after this like big holiday season and then here's what playstation has which hopefully is a lot which i mean it just has to be something because we don't know much of anything now at gamescom yeah we did get a couple more actual announcements even though Jeff Keighley basically right before it said don't expect announcements. So Little Nightmares 3 
was announced there, which I'm excited about. The one that I was the most hyped for, kind of like jaw drop type shit, was Killing Floor 3. It wasn't something that I expected to see, but I fucking love the second one, and I'm really excited for the third one. Going back to Little Nightmares 3, actually something I just remembered that I think is odd. It's made by Supermassive, mm-hmm. which... Different studio. Well, yeah, and also like Until Dawn... You like the Corey people. I thought it was weird for them to pick this up. I'm like, don't they also have a second season of the anthology that they have to complete? Dark. Yeah, I I was thinking the same thing too. Maybe they're maybe they were like, hey, we're not making money on that, so you got to do this project for us now. Yeah, maybe, and and I think they yeah probably Bandai Namco is just like, hey, since we kind of are helping you with that thing, we are also going to need your help assisting with this other thing because it's still. The core team that made the first two is still also making this third one, but Supermassive is also helping. Yeah, and it may be more for like atmospheric and maybe trying to be more like a horror game. So Mm -hmm. Supermassive has definitely expertise in that. Yep. And so Killing Floor also got announced. Not a lot of info on that, but just kind of an unveiling trailer. The Game Awards, Jeff Keighley said, will be coming December 7th. That was also announced at Gamescom. And then... Those were, I think, kind of the big announcements. Some kind of other release date type things in trailers. Ghost Runner 2 is going to be launching October 26th. Sonic, the uh, new Sonic is going to be coming out also in October. That'll be October 17th. Persona 3 Reload will be coming out February 2nd. Uh, that looks good. I think, yeah. that And it's also day one on Game Pass. So that'd be interesting mm. to see how that does as well. Maybe hinting at a possible acquisition yeah interesting and then also mortal Kombat did get a trailer showing sindel motaro as a cameo fighter and general shao which is something i want to mention i don't like that his name is general shao not shao khan i understand mixing everyone around but i think general shao is a really shitty name i feel like it's super generic dumb yeah yeah um, but the trailer looks good, right? I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. I'm fucking excited for it. And showing Motaro was sick. And I, I like that they interviewed Ed Boon and were basically like, why does he have to be a cameo fighter? And he was just like, hey, like, you know what Motaro looks like. You can't. Fighting as him would be really weird to create. Yeah. Um, for anyone who doesn't that know, Motaro is, what do you call that kind of creature? He has four arms, right? Well, no, that's Goro. Motaro is the one that's like half horse, half man centaur he's a centaur so that's why he was saying it would be hard to make that as like a playable thing he was a boss back in mortal kombat 3 but so he'll be a cameo fighter in the new one and then he did confirm in terms of the dlc characters that jk simmons will be doing the voice work for omni-man and john cena will be doing the voice work for peacemaker but he didn't say anything about homelander as saying that he is or isn't there he just didn't say anything about it that doesn't make on, me that guy, panic though. What else is he doing? It doesn't make me panic though because it's also a DLC character. So like, I don't know how much time they need for voice lines and stuff like that. But if Homelander comes mm-hmm. out in like early 2024, I feel like they still have time. Yeah, definitely. So I feel like those were the big things to come out of Gamescom. There was a lot of more smaller things. If you did watch it, there were people who went up to the stage and tried to like crash it, similar to how they did at Summer Games Fest. So these guys went up and basically tried to ask something about GTA 6 and Jeff kind of just had to be like, all right, guys, what are you doing? And like walk away and security took him off. But I thought it was wild to see that shit again. I was like, that's annoying. Yeah, that's it's also very concerning, like how long he was next to Jeff before somebody stepped in. Like, Mm. 
Somebody could have, like, he, like, he could have just, like, straight up punched him. I mean, he doesn't have a gun or anything, but he could have just, like, thrown a fucking punch at him. And, like, you know, it's true. you never know what happens. You fall down, hit your head, you die. It's almost like they let them get up there, and then they were like, okay, now security, take my way. And it's like, the whole point is, I think you're supposed to stop them from ever getting up there. Yeah, I did love uh, Jeff Keighley going, like, the point, the disappointing dad mode where mm-hmm. he's like that's so disappointing so disrespectful yeah he was just like this is so disappointing we have everyone here gathering for a great night but he's doing <laughs> i mean he did a good job of like not getting upset because i guess like the best thing to do is to just kind of like shrug it off and continue i think jeff Kelly needs to fuck up the next person that does this to him i think security needs to do that i think security yeah, needs to like, like tackle them off the fucking staircase because then it's fine that's your job yeah. i would always assume it was like sports like when you like when you know when somebody runs on the field they get fucking speared mm-hmm. by like the goddamn security team Dude, it makes me think of the remember when Chappelle was performing one time there was a guy who ran up to try to like tackle Chappelle that guy got fucked yeah. up by security oh yeah he looked like yeah, the way they do up. in like Street Fighter 2 when you win a match and they're like all <laughs> bruised and shit like that's what they should have done yeah, like no. security do your fucking job yeah, no, you can't be running up on people. Especially nowadays, motherfuckers are crazy. Yeah. Y'all been locked in the house for a year? Hell nah. Get the fuck you out You like of here. Batman? <laughs> crazy oh motherfuckers. That's what this fucking... You like Batman? Yeah, Batman enjoyers. Dude, come on. Yeah. That new shit sucks. Yeah. But Gamescom, <laughs> I thought it was good. It was fun to watch, right? And it was, it was good that they came out early and were like, hey, we're not going to have announcements. Obviously, that's a joke. They're going to do a couple of announcements. And then that's where they did kind of like a bigger breakdown of the games that already existed. So... We saw more of Tekken, more of Mortal Kombat. They showed the first mission of Modern Warfare 3, which was going through prison. Um, nice. And I, even though it was an open combat zone, I don't actually remember seeing how I would take a different path. It did look kind of linear in what they were showing. Okay. So I mean, there's probably going to be linear moments in the game, but... I would think so. So, I would... Pre- and again, I don't hate that. That may- sets it up to be more dramatic and like more cinematic. Mm-hmm. I agree so outside of gamescom though and kind of switching back over to a more playstation centric type of thing playstation portal so project q which is now called the playstation portal is going to come out and it will cost 200 dollars. this will connect remotely to your ps5 console over wi-fi and will act as a second screen for you to use the screen is capable of 1080p resolution at 60 frames it is an 8-inch LCD screen that kind of slots in between a DualSense controller. You will have all of the features of a traditional controller, haptic feedback, vibration, that type of stuff. You will need a PS5 with this, though. You will not be able to use this without one. And it's supposed to be, like I said, maybe if somebody is using the TV in your living space, then you can use this. I know that this might not be what they're trying to go for in terms of marketing, but think Wii U. That's the first thing that comes to mind is you can play this on a handheld while somebody else is on the TV. Hmm. That's, I didn't think about Wii U. I was thinking more Switch, but yeah, that, I mean, that's more apt because the Wii U is connected to the main console. I think Switch is what they want people to think. But Switch yeah. assumes that you can play it anywhere you want natively, mm-hmm. whereas this is really more of, a, I think, an at-home device, not a good travel with it. Now, could you travel with it? Honestly, I'm not sure because you can play your PlayStation 5 remotely from your phone and maybe control and connect a dual sense. Oh, yeah, edge. you don't have to be on the same home Internet. But I wonder if it'll work well kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I would assume I think. I think there needs to be something about it that tells you it does remote play better than like the back. Mm. 
I don't know what that is necessarily, or like when reviews come out about it, like how it reacts. But I think if it has something in it that makes it better, that would be great. I think that this is though a good product, a good price point. I think the name is weird because you pointed it out when I first saw PlayStation Portal. I was like, oh, that's cool. It's kind of like a nerdier name. That's cool. They're leaning into it. Then you mm-hmm. also pointed out that like portable, like like the PlayStation, like PSP. And I didn't put that together. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. It's kind of like a little cheeky with the naming there. But because they definitely are going to confuse some people that thinking that this is like an all in one system as opposed to being like an additional accessory. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Also, something to note is the whole idea of the portal, right, is to be playing things that would be on your PlayStation 5 streaming to the device. Now, you will not be able to stream games on your PS5 (laughs) to the portal. So, for example, they've talked double stream. They've talked about how now in with PlayStation Premium, PlayStation Plus Premium, one of the things that they will start offering is certain PS5 games will be compatible so you don't have to download them. You will not be able to stream those and play it on your portal. Those would have to be downloaded to your system. Okay, that's fair. I don't think that that's that crazy. No, I don't think so either. I think it's just something that they reiterate so that people know. Yeah, no, I think that's smart because if it doesn't work, if streaming works okay, with your PS5, imagine remote play streaming. Mm-hmm. Like that probably doesn't, that probably wouldn't work well at all. It's like the latency there is like almost doubled. It feels like I don't know if that's true, but in my mind, that's how it works. But I think the product overall is good. It has an eight-inch LCD screen, 100 or 1080p, supports up to 60 frames. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think it, about it the $200 does, price does, tag? I think that's fine it's appropriate Mm -hmm. i don't think it's anything crazy yeah i don't think so either i think it's fine i don't know if i would get one but Mm -hmm. i guess i'd be interested to see how people enjoy it i think that like you're saying if it comes out and reviews and performance is better than a backbone or something like that then i would be interested in it because i do like doing remote play from my phone with a controller but of course i understand you probably want your phone as a separate thing but that is not mm-hmm. enough for me to want to pull the trigger and spending the 200. But if they were like, it just works better, period, then I'd be like, OK, then maybe I would be interested. Yeah, I agree. And I'm also thinking more for me, especially like living here in Lakeland, like going to Orlando, like if I spend a night at my parents, mm-hmm. I could just bust that bad boy out and then have full access to my like library or when I go over to your place, like you can be playing something and I can be playing something on my portal and it'd be like completely fine. So I think it's it will have good use cases for me, specifically also with, you know, football coming up, rocking my Jets hat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think I think it's a good product. I think what's weird is that there's no release date still. And they're saying it's coming out this year. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Also, that's what's kind of odd. Now that you mentioned that, you know, that is a good point. Talking about like fantasy football shit. I'm excited for fantasy basketball. And it would be good to have like if we all went somewhere to like watch the game, not fucking out in public. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be like the switch commercials playing my fucking yeah. console at like a sports bar. But I'm saying like we were at like someone's house hanging out. Yeah, that would be a good use case for it. And that is weird that they don't have a release date. But maybe that again, maybe maybe they'll do a showcase and you'll get a release date then. That shit better happen soon. I would, honestly, I change it. I want to showcase in September. Fuck that. Fuck Spider Man. There's no you way. Wait for that no way it'll happen in September. But you don't know. We do- you're right. I don't know. And on top of that, I feel like they they cut it close. Like they'll announce it a week out. 
And so that's what I'm saying. So we don't know. It could happen any moment. That's true. That is true. It could happen at any moment. Look, that's a positive way to look at it. And hopefully they just end it with a fucking bang with the medieval movie announcement. Oh, I know my it's gosh. medieval. That's not the bang. But I hate like the way that it's spelled like medieval. I think it isn't. Is it not pronounced medieval? Maybe it is I pronounced it medieval. But it's confusing, you know, because it's like obviously supposed to be medieval. Anyway, what we're talking about is the PlayStation <laughs> Productions website possibly hinting at a medieval production so maybe a movie or a show a brief glimpse of its protagonist sir daniel fortescue his you can see a part of him you said it was his legs correct yes so that's leading people to believe that there will either be a movie or a show i feel like this would probably be better suited as a show the first thing that I think of is I think of like the Cuphead show and I think of a more lighthearted kind of almost cartoony thing. Yeah, I think Better Evil has a good shot at being like a good, funny adult. It can be like very, I mean, it's probably not because I want to make it more generic, but you know, Better Evil is pretty morbid and funny at times. I played a little bit of the remake that was in 2019 mm. or 2018, I want to say. And uh, that was, you know, it was fun. I think that the game play is a little dated obviously and i think this is because people were saying possibly a game as well but i don't think necessarily a game because i don't think that remake sold very well mm-hmm. in particular wasn't one of the ones that i like, caught fire during like that crash bandicoot spyro kind of revival run there revival crash team racing which now that you mentioned again, that it's def- really not smart to have all those at the same time because I feel like they're what? like all of those being revived at the same time is not smart because there's a clear winner or winners from that era. Like Crash and Spyro yeah. are obviously bigger than that. So if you release them all again, the same thing is just going to happen. Yeah, ex- yeah, I see what you're saying there. So, yeah, the medieval was just kind of maybe poor timing, mm-hmm. but yeah, a TV show could be fun. I'm not necessarily in love with Sir Daniels. I think I have the outside of like trying to remake the other time that i played as him was in fucking playstation battle right that's now. my best experience with him i was just waiting for you to say that <laughs> i mean a fighting game character with a sword of course he's good yeah so that was the only time really outside of like that remake that i actually even played as sir daniels and even knew who his name was i knew medieval but i didn't know the guy was named sir daniels i hope that we start to get a more now that we're getting into the place where PlayStation Productions is hitting on things that are maybe not currently going, I would like to see there to be some kind of reason or, well, yeah, some kind of reason. So like, for example, right, we have the Twisted Metal show. We think that there's going to be a new Twisted Metal game. I would like to see that announced. If they want to do something medieval related, that's cool. But I would also like to see that coincide with a game or something similar. I don't know if that would happen either, but I wouldn't. I don't know if I would want them to just be making like PlayStation production of IPs that have no no current thing to play. Like, for example, I wouldn't want them to be like, hey, we're going to do like a Sly Cooper movie, but like no Sly Cooper game. I would probably only be excited if they were like, because we're doing a new game, we're going to make a movie or a show. I see what you're saying. I think I still would enjoy anything Sly Cooper, though. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I get what you're saying, where it would be better if it has a game. And I think they will do that, whether it's re-releasing, even remake, remaking the remakes or whatever, mm-hmm. or remaking them instead of remastering them. True. You know, that could be fun. Um, I, But yeah, I think that there's going to be some, there's going to be a game release with every single announcement. And also about Sir Daniels, mm-hmm. Medieval Resurrection came to PlayStation Plus this month. Yeah. So maybe, you know, there's... 
synergy is what we call it Agreed. in the business. Yeah, and it's like trying to see what they're trying to do, like siphon filter. Did you put every fucking siphon filter on there for a reason, or did you just kind of do that to get them out of the way? I don't know. I, I'm curious. And then in terms of... That might have been a get them out of the yeah, way. Yeah, I think so. I think that might have been that too. <laughs> and I think in terms of, right, like these TV or movie productions, we've got a lot going on. So obviously we did just watch Gran Turismo, which we thought was really good. We still know that there's a God of War Amazon show. There is a Horizon Netflix show. There is a what else am I forgetting? God of War Amazon. God of uh, yeah, God of War Amazon, a Horizon Netflix. There is Fallout, which will also be Amazon, which there was a teaser for at Gamescom, but not to the public. And but we do now know that it will take place in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Um. So I'll be interested to watch that. I think the Fallout show is the one out of all those that I think will be the best. Because it has Jonathan Nolan behind it writing it, and I like the cast who's been mm-hmm. announced so far. I like Walton Goggins. It has Kyle McLaughlin in it. So it has people that I enjoy, and I think Amazon shows can be good. I'm not saying they're just good because it's Amazon, but I think that they can be. So I'm excited for that one. It, and it gives the writers more creativity because it's open. Fallout's an open world game where it's like you make your own fun. So it's like, so just tell a story in this interesting world. Also, a Ghost of Tsushima movie. And a Borderlands movie are also coming. Oh shit! Yeah, I think the Ghost of I think the PlayStation production stuff after Gran Turismo. I think I'm fully believing everything they released. Yeah, I, I yeah, I thought Gran Turismo was really good. I agree. I'm hoping that everything feels good. like they're putting in enough. They're putting enough like love and care, which it's also funny that people were and like thinking about it this morning. I was like, why? Why was I even nervous? Sony has a background in making movies. Like it's not like they don't know what they're doing. Yeah, that's true. I I mean that. Yeah, I think the worry. I think the worry is just because it's like, what are you gonna do with a Gran Turismo movie? Yeah, and how cringy are you gonna make it? I think is it because of course <laughs> there are still lines in it that are pretty cringy of being like, come on gamers or like stuff like that like oh yeah what are you playing this on a console what's that like there is still cringy shit in it but they balanced it enough where it wasn't that bad but yeah but the dad had funny lines where he's like i don't understand that playstation bro yeah that's true that was a good i mean one. It, it was a solid flick i thought it was much better than it had like should have been definitely but yeah no i i have belief in the playstation products mm. i'm i interested to see the shows though because the shows are tied to different networks, and that also like includes like budgeting mm-hmm. restrictions. Like the Twisted Metal show seems like probably the cheapest one out of those because it's tied to Peacock. So I'm interested to see like can they make a Horizon show? Can Netflix put enough money behind it to make a Horizon show to look good? Mm-hmm. And same with God of War and Amazon. Yeah, I agree. Because those are going to be more expensive shows inherently. Yeah, and they they would have to be. Hmm. Yeah, it would be very noticeable if they weren't. Other things that we have coming out in October, Scorn, which was originally an Xbox exclusive, that will be coming out October 3rd. Not in October, but in general, just really excited for this one now that it has a fucking, they've acknowledged consoles, is the Outlast Trials, which is the new game in the Outlast franchise, which which is a co-op horror game, which they've kind of only talked about as being a PC game. So now they're acknowledging that will be coming out for consoles as well. Also, Hellboy Web of Word will be coming out October 4th. And that is most of these kind of like new updates and announcements for October. Now, Persona 3 Reload, which we mentioned will be launching in February 2nd, will 
more than likely be coming up at this Sega and Atlas special broadcast from Tokyo Game Show. Mm-hmm. And that will be taking place. Let's see here. So the actual Tokyo Game Show is going to be September 21st through the 24th. But I'm looking here okay. to see the broadcast will take place on September 21st at 7 p.m. Japan time, which will be 3 a.m. Pacific time or 6 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, right when I yeah, wake up. So I think, right, we're going to get, we know that Like a Dragon Gaiden is going to be coming out. That's also November. That'll be a must play. That'll come out November 9th. Mm-hmm. And there will be a special kind of trial of the next Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth when you beat like a dragon gaiden which i think is just a cool thing for them to do and also sonic superstars comes out october 17th so i'm sure during the stream we'll see those and i mean i i think obviously everyone hopes for like a big announcement in a stream i hope they're just like persona 6 that's basically what everybody's waiting for at this point so mm-hmm. I, I i mean i mean i definitely can see persona 6 being announced or like I don't know, an updated version of another. Maybe they give Persona 4 the remake treatment like they're doing with Persona 3. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessary because I think Persona 4 Golden still plays well. I played like, about 40 hours of it this year and I would love to get back to it to beat it. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything that needs to be remade. But I do know like, you know, 3 was a little bit older. So there were things they could definitely change and update it. So I would say maybe it's like a remake or maybe another spinoff. I don't I don't want another Persona 5 spinoff. There's been too many. Too many. I agree. You got the fighting game, you got the Musou game, you got this tactical game. And that still hasn't come like, out. All right, that's still on the horizon. That comes out, I think, October as well. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's not going to get. And there's also, um, what was the Persona Strikers? Or there was a fighting one. Yeah, the, that's what I said. There was the a Musou fighting one, one yeah. and there's the Musou one. The Musou one was, I think, Strikers. So I think that they're, I think Persona 5 has ran its course. Maybe they will announce the anime because I know they're working on the anime mm-hmm. as well. That could be another thing they could drop. But I think Persona 6 is kind of what we need next. I agree. And I'm interested to see where it's going to go. It's, I'm assuming it's going to go back to a rule setting because I feel like they usually go back and forth between rural Japan and city Japan. Interesting. I didn't really know that. But I'm very new into the series. Persona 3 is mm-hmm. the one that I played the most, ironically. And now there's going to be a reload version. So I'll probably. I mean, I probably wouldn't play more of the one I'm playing now, and I'll probably just wait for that one. But I mean, yeah, it, it, I, yeah it would be cool to see. I feel like, and this is something that we talk about just with PlayStation in general, a lot of excitement moving forward is what's coming out in the future. So like, if they even just announce Persona 6, I feel like I'll have more of a fire to play the other ones. That's true. But I think there's enough that you don't even need that. Like, well, to get through those three games is like, 300 hours. and i'm not saying that there's not a lot of content but i'm saying like a motivation to play them mm-hmm. just like to get excited for something new because it's like otherwise That's... yeah they'll just always be there and then it doesn't matter i can just play them whenever yeah i see what you're saying um kind of i mean it's just like you know when a new game is going to come out you feel good when you wrap up the rest of the series and then move on to the new one that's true because i'm motivated to play the alan wake remake because two is coming out yeah so it's just like just have something to be excited for so i'll be interested what comes out at tokyo game show during that stream and just in general if we see anything else and i think that is pretty much a majority of what has been happening recently dragon uh what's it called dragon age dread dreadwolf is continually getting delayed internally also they are laying off 50 of its staff 
I don't really have a whole lot to say about that. I don't know. It's Bioware. It's not that surprising. Yeah, Bioware is a little bit in a downward trajectory. Mm-hmm. We were just talking about like studios before we hopped on the on the mics. We were talking about how studios have, have changed in trajectory and how like a studio's name really carries so much weight until they start releasing duds. Like you can release a dud or two, but you can't do back to back. I think you're saying you gotta have yeah, a- the momentum stacks heavily. If yeah. you're on a downward trajectory mm-hmm. and you mess one up, you know that's okay. But if you do two then it's really hard for you to kind of remove that blemish from your studio's name. Now, in similar effect, if you've got a fantastic track record, then it it kind of doesn't matter as much. Like Naughty Dog could announce whatever. It doesn't even matter. I'd be like, yeah, I'll buy it. Yeah, There are numerous studios like that. I mean, I would argue even Bethesda, even though there's more kind of argument on how good they actually are, I still think Bethesda for the most part is like, yeah, I'll buy it. Probably whatever it is is probably going to be really good. But then there are studios. Yeah, I think Bethesda definitely. Bethesda is like an innovator in open world yeah. games. So they definitely get that credit. They haven't fucked up as bad as Bioware. The studios that we were mentioning, right? We mentioned Bioware. We also mentioned Turtle Rock Studios. Because we were talking about asymmetrical multiplayer games. And so I think Turtle Rock also would be one of those. I'm, I'm curious about how Arcane will do. I know that Redfall is just one bad one. And that's Arcane Austin. True. Too. They have multiple arcanes. Mm. Wow. They got the French one that made the like Death Stranding and Dishonored games, and then they have this Arcane Austin. Uh you mean Fuck, what is it called? Not, you said Death Stranding. It's not Death Stranding. <laughs> oh, definitely. definitely. My yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um But I think I we don't know what their next project is yet, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. We don't know at cool. all. All right. Well, we'll find out at some point. And yeah, I think that's. I think also another studio that was like, uh, we were mentioning studios that can also bounce back. You talked about Santa Monica with Ascension, God of War Ascension, then coming back with 2018's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, God of War. That was a nice comeback story. And I think a little bit Sucker Punch. Not as well talked about because. It's like always been like kind of like the little brother of the studios, but Infamous Second Son I think was a definitely a drop in terms of like quality and how it hit. Didn't hit as hard as the first two games, and then Ghost of Tsushima, you know, that's some of people's like favorite game from that generation. Yeah, and I think that again, like with that, that would be, and even then, that's a. Str- I would say the one dud thing is okay, but I would say that calling Infamous Second Son a dud would be a stretch. Like, while not as well received as the other ones, I felt, I felt as an Infamous fan. It was a dud in the series, and it killed the series. I, I don't. Yeah, I. I think if it was good and it sold a lot better and it was received a lot better, it, we, we would have more infamous games. I think that is potentially true. I don't know if I would say that it's just like that killed it because it also wasn't a continuation from the first two. It was just like a one-off, and it doesn't even end in a way that would lead to more of them anyway. So, either way, I think I think I'm just saying that I don't think it was like a. Like that came out and people are worried about Sucker Punch. I think that came out and it was like it also still graphically looks fucking incredible. I think it was just yeah. like it's not as good as maybe those other ones, but I definitely think Sony Santa Monica had was like slipping a little bit more with those God of Wars towards the end. But part of also what we were and even Gorilla, yeah, Gorilla too. I mean, Gorilla still Gorilla always. But I think the <laughs> part of what we were saying too in terms of like the momentum stacking either downward or upwards a lot of time too i would think is probably talent 
Like if your studio is on a downward trajectory, you're probably going to lose a lot of people. And it's going to be like, you're probably not going to get to hire as good talent because they're not going to want to come to your studio. But if you're up and coming mm-hmm. and you're continually getting better, you're probably going to be able to poach the best talent. So I feel like that also has to go into it. Yeah, that definitely plays a f- uh, like a factor because people want to work at a studio that's making good shit. You want that on your resume that you were a part of this game. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like now more than ever, we hear about people leaving and forming new shit. That happens all the time now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Just have to start seeing some of those things be released. Definitely have to. I would love to see some new IP out there in the world. And we're, you know, we're getting, we're getting every once in a while, you know, Immortals, new IP. Yeah. You, you get it, you get it here and there, but, and obviously all these uh, from software clones are new IPs, but they don't feel as new because they're kind of based on a game, but you know, we get we get it here and there, but uh, definitely been a sequel heavy, or like a sequel heavy, or definitely a license heavy generation so far. Yeah, definitely true. Do you have anything else? But uh, do you have anything else? Whoa, Jinx, you owe me a soda. I don't know, you shit. Take your clothes off. Whoa. Yeah, what? sure. What? Anyway. Oh my. Yeah, gosh. I don't have anything else. So I'm ready to enjoy the Sunday. I was thinking about seeing Oppenheimer, but three hours in a theater and my tired ass. I don't know if I'd be able to do it. Yeah, that that that's a job in itself to see Oppenheimer, mm-hmm. and it is four dollar movie day today. So yeah, I know people are going crazy for that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's a cool thing that they're doing, but mm-hmm. I don't have anything else too much. I'm excited to see Tokyo Game Show, and for September to kind of come out in full swing, get Starfield going. I am interested in Armor Core. I might buy that soon. I feel like that'll be fun to play. Yeah, that looks like it's going to be a fun game to play. And also the design and customization looks really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, agreed. But I think that's all we have for this episode of Go for Bronze. If you listen this far, we appreciate it. You know, like, si- like, subscribe, share. You got fellow nerdy friends, let them know. Hey, Go for Bronze. Those guys know what the fuck's up. Yeah, or if we don't, feel free to correct us, right? You know, uh, get that interaction going. If you leave a review too, that's extremely helpful wherever you're listening on. Totally great. And I think... Yeah, just really appreciate you listening and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If that wasn't a total waste of your time, consider leaving us a review on the service that you're listening on as it really helps us out. If you'd like to be a part of the show, feel free to reach out to us on any of the socials linked in the episode notes. You can reach us with your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, and ideas. Until next time, don't forget to keep breathing.